windows, lock your doors, keep your loved ones near, time is running out, it's here for fear! <laughs> Thank you for joining us, we're here for fear and I'm Donovan. And I'm Rick, and today we're going to be talking about Don Coscarelli's 1979 Phantasm. Before we get into the um, the plot and the synopsis, um, do something a little different. Uh, I, I wanted to throw out uh, the, the definition of the word phantasm, which I think is uh, it's very relevant and appropriate for this movie. Because uh, at the surface, when you watch this, um, you know, you could just take it as a, another regular uh, horror movie, but it's not. It's, it's quite different. Um, so real quickly, uh, phantasm, a figment of the imagination, an illusion or apparition. Now, with that said, uh, here, here's, the, here's a quick, uh, quick synopsis uh, of uh, Phantasm. Mike is a 13-year-old boy who has lost his parents. Afraid of losing his brother as well, he follows him to a funeral where Mike witnesses the tall man lifting a coffin on his own. Mike decides to investigate and discovers that the tall man, protected by his flying spears, is shrinking dead bodies down to half their normal size and reanimating them as slaves. It's up to Mike his brother and Reggie to stop the tall man. Uh, before we uh, jump into um, talking about uh, Phantasm, uh, we'd like uh, to introduce you to uh, a really, really good friend of ours. Uh, God, I would say uh, one of my closest friends, if not the closest friend I have. One of my f- most favorite people on this planet. Um, let's see, what can we say about him? I've known him nearly 28 years. Donovan, you've known him the same amount of time. The only difference is you were about one and a half when you met him. That was around the time you were probably watching Barney. Um, that, that lovely purple dinosaur running around the house singing those, I love you songs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he, uh, he's a graphic designer, a great one at that. Uh, hobbies include, uh, he likes to sculpt, likes to paint, uh, is a great musician. And, uh, one of his other hobbies is, is, uh, editing our uh, podcast here. So, uh, without further ado, let me introduce you to Mr. Sleepy D himself, Darren Lindsay. How's it going, guys? Hey, Darren. Thanks for joining us. Thank thanks. you for coming on, Darren. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, definitely a treat for us. Um, before, we, uh, before we jump into the, the actual, uh, I guess, talking about the movie, we like to do something here um, where we, uh, we ask you a few questions, um, kind of get the, the listeners... Um, give them an idea of maybe who you are, you know, Uh, at least when it comes to, I guess the, the horror genre, um, you know, maybe it just kind of adds a little information, uh, to them. If you don't mind, uh, you know, a few questions that we, we'd like to ask you if if you're cool with it. So no one told me there was going to be a test. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you're uh, you're graded on it on a curve. Yeah. I'm not doing this. (laughs) No, go ahead. That's fine. All right. So let's start off real quick. Uh, Question number one. What was the first horror movie you remember watching as a kid? Ooh. um, I'm going to say 
we're probably creature from the black lagoon. Um, yeah, I must've been 13, maybe. Um, I forget the, uh, the friend I had, but he lived down the street and, uh, we had been wanting to watch this, uh, movie. It was on TV. It was one of those black and white creature yeah. from that, uh, black lagoon. Yeah. Um, and if I remember right, it was, uh, in 3d and that was yeah. like a, a major thing because, you know, what was that? 1982 maybe. Which I think around that time was, it was popular for 3d movies. Yeah. I think yeah. Friday the 13th did it. I think one of the Amityville horror movies did it. It was kind of like the thing to do. So, yeah. so now obviously creature was what from the fifties, fifties. Uh, fi- yeah. It was yeah. very much. So, yeah. 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 And I remember being uh, super excited about it. Uh, had my uh, mom go down and get those uh, stupid th- 3d glasses, yeah, with the yeah. blue and red lenses, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, I sat down I, I can remember at the time, you know, uh, like watching the movie and, you know, uh, in all its 3d glory. Yeah. And I think at the time I thought, yeah, this is great, you know, but I have vivid memories of the, the particular scenes in 3d. And I look back on it now through all of, uh, 2020 and in the past, uh, uh, you know, newfangled effects and uh, they're so horrible. Yeah. I mean, the whole 3D thing back then was abysmally bad. I mean, it was. It was. It was funny because they forced it. Um, you know, creature obviously being different because it was from the 50s, but the the late 70s, early 80s, when they had kind of that height of the 3D effect. It wasn't natural. It's was like they forced it at you. It was, you yes. know, it's like, oh, let's hold a bat and let me let me um, point the bat at the camera. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah. They would almost bake in scenes. Yeah, like, yes. You know, like spe- purposely. Yeah, yeah specifically yeah. to showcase the the three D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in any event, yeah, creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I co- you know, I can honestly say I've never seen that movie. I feel I feel terrible I saying that. Tell you what, it's about right now. Yeah, right. I never saw it ever. Yeah, so I just ever uh, I other than say maybe psycho i i just don't like black and white yeah uh, yeah i hate saying that we're spoiled uh, especially the the stomps out there you know that that um that that they appreciate and they love the the, the black and white I, I i just i'm not a fan of it i, I don't know i love the color stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i agree uh, well uh question number two uh your youngest daughter shaley is a is a big fan of horror movies uh was there a movie you two watched together that you found scary as a kid that she didn't find scary at all. Absolutely. And uh, it was a huge, I don't know if you call it a pet peeve. It was a major disappointment for me because yeah. uh, I had wanted, uh, from the moment I realized that uh, my uh, kid was into horror movies, I wanted to throw this movie in and really bond and, and you know, uh, kind of get her reaction, you know, to it. And uh, it was The Exorcist. <sighs> That's the second time we've had that up. Yeah. Like younger people apparently can't see the exorcist without it not being scary for them. Now I'm curious, did you show them, did you show her the uh, theatrical version or the director's cut? Both. Both. She saw both of these movies like back to back. (laughs) She did. Really? She did. In the same day. Uh, No. Okay. No, not in the same day. (laughs) Okay. No. So she didn't find either one scary. No. 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 In fact, uh, quite the opposite. Boring. She she uh, she found it to be uh, hilarious. Oh my god. Mm. And uh, in distilling that in the obviously in the moment, I was like mortified. Mm -hmm. I was like, "You're not my daughter," (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um, 
in hindsight, after I had had a chance to sit with it, uh, I managed to distill it down into, you know, really one thing. It's uh, these kids these days, they love their jump scares. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, The Exorcist is a slow burn. It's, yeah, it's it a movie that really takes a long time to, uh, to, get, to get moving. There's a lot of religious undertone, obviously, to it. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a whole entire opening sequence uh, taking place in uh, uh, Iraq, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, a kid at that age isn't going to understand no, that. They, you not. know, they're looking at this imagery and they're like, okay, you know. It's true. Yeah, I guess I could see that part of it. I just, I don't know, because I love the movie so damn much and, and, it's, and it still freaks me out to this day. It's just like, really? You guys don't? Yeah, I mean, they, it's, it's just a, almost a lack of appreciation for the older ones. At least that's well, me. And, you know, it's a, now, you know, I interpret this as a, a uh, it's a byproduct of the world we live in today. Oh, yeah. We live in a world where, uh, you know, everything is now, 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 now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, information is available, uh, you know, uh, on a dime. Yep. All you have to do is pull up the browser, look up or yep. your phone or whatever, look up anything that you, that you want immediately. Yeah. So we've lost, I believe, um, you know, the ability to sit with something and actually go slowly through the process. Yeah. Shaley's still pretty young and The Exorcist is a pretty heavy movie. I almost think that she might be more creeped out when she turns 18 plus like revisits it later. And there, she yeah. just has more world experience and knows what the exorcist is trying to do. That's I'm also yeah. curious. When did you first see the exorcist? Uh, give me like an age range. Was it in your twenties, teens? Definitely teens. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say I was 14, maybe. Okay. Maybe so you would have been roughly the same age as she is now. Roughly. Yeah. And yeah. you found it terrifying back then. I was very oh, terrified. Yeah. I do want to, I, <laughs> I know this is kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole on the old exorcist thing, but uh, right. it, I think it's funny. Uh, my mom saw the exorcist uh, when I was very young. I play, I want to say I, I, I might've been three years old. Well, came out in 73. Okay. You were so born in 69, right? So yeah. four. Four. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she Wanted to see that movie so bad, and she took, um, uh, convinced my dad to mm -hmm. to take her to go see the movie. They were in Hawaii, I believe, at the time. Oh, and um, she got, mm, you know, maybe half about half hour, forty minutes in. I, I'd say right around the time things started to go sideways, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, it scared the crap out of her. I mean, she literally like, you know, and she begged uh, my dad to uh, to leave the theater, and he was like, hell no. <laughs> I spent this money. We, we are going to sit here. Yeah, yeah. And um, when they got back, uh, she was so uh, disturbed by the movie that she went out and bought a St. Christopher medal. Oh, wow. And I remember this. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, I remember being on the steps. There's a, there's a pretty ornate um, church down in downtown Sacramento. Yeah. And uh, we were out on the steps, like right on the corner. Cause it's, you know, this church is yeah, on the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know what we were doing there. Um, but apparently my mom was, uh, tr uh trying to get the priest to bless the St. Christopher. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, so that I, you know, I could be protected from Beelzebub. And That's so, hilarious. Uh, yeah. It's a uh, Pazuzu. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Pazuzu. Yeah. 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 Pazuzu. Yeah. It's, and, uh, I, I remember, uh, so he, I remember the, the priest doing his, you know, our fathers and all oh this stuff, God. you know, and he's blessing this metal. 
And then my mom uh, tried to put it on me and I freaked. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, looking back, I have no idea. It just is weird. Wow. You know, I was just trying to put this thing around my yeah. neck, you know, and I didn't appreciate it one bit. I freaked <laughs> out. I had it through a tantrum, spazzed out literally right uh, on the corner. I mean, like I was possessed. Dude, that is, that's I'm fucking sh- awesome. And I'm sure that it like freaked my mom out oh, even yeah. further because of the, the whole damn reason that yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. there is to protect me from the power of Christ compelled. Power you. of Christ compelled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and I just remember the poor, the priest was like, ma'am, if he doesn't want to wear it, don't let him or, you know, make him yeah, wear it, yeah. you know? And anyway, that's, that's that, freaking that's awesome. Like, I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get scared walking up the stairs when I see a horror movie that like genuinely scares oh, me because yeah. I'm afraid something's gonna grab me uh-huh. in between the stairs. Oh yeah, but uh, that's just taking the idea one step further. <laughs> yeah. Like I've never demolished the stairs in the condo just because I was afraid someone was gonna grab me. You know, you're, you're like you're jumping so, and skipping scared stairs because yeah. you're afraid. <laughs> or I just leave the lights on because that's all it takes to make sure nothing grabs me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So to uh, to finish uh, answering yeah. that question, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, she literally thought that movie was ridiculous. She thought it was uh, kind of stupid, slow, boring, hilarious. She found nothing funny about it. In fact, uh, on or many, nothing scary about no, it. I'm sorry, nothing yeah, scary yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And in fact, uh, she uh, she thought like the scene with the cross, you know, oh, the cross geez. scene. Yeah, yeah. She uh, thought that was hilarious. She's like, oh my god. She literally laughed out loud. I'm hoping what Donovan says is is right. Maybe as she gets older, the thing about kids too is they they're quick to laugh when things are uncomfortable. Maybe she didn't want to feel afraid or scared or. Hmm, in anywhere perturbed by this scene that is pretty intense if I remember this scene correctly. It is. Oh, it is. Because yeah. this is at the, towards the end of the film. Um, oh, no. The, oh, oh, the, the crossing. Yes, the I know exactly yeah, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we don't want I'm to sorry. get into details, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, that scene in particular is quite terrible. Um, if you don't know how to react yeah. and you're a teenager, a young teenager, first thing to do is to just laugh at, laugh true. at it. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know how to differentiate between mm. her laughing prior and her yeah. laughing after. They they seemed pretty pretty uniform. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But I agree with you, Donovan. I yeah. do. We'll see. Yeah, that's interesting. Revisit that movie in five years and see yeah, what, see what she mm-hmm. has to say then. Because uh, I saw that movie when I was the same age. And sure, I'm in a different generation in a different generation than she is. I'm about 14 years older, give or take, um, right? Uh, she's 13. 15 yep. years. 16, 15, so, 16, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw that when I was 14, and I, that movie scared me too. Yep. I think I've told this on the podcast before, but there's a very specific scene where my dad took a phone call, and it was during um, where Linda uh, Blair is getting tested at the hospital, oh, and yeah. you see a shot of Pazuzu's face, and it's just his face against a black the entire fr- the rest of the frame is black yeah, yeah and the makeup on that face scares scared me and i was just forced to look at it hmm. for about five to ten minutes <laughs> well i know he was talking to you darren <laughs> i probably was yeah i probably I'm was sure you while donovan is in the background i was, I was like on the couch was like sweating did you have it on pause or something yeah <laughs> yeah i think i paused it yeah because we were watching it and i'm like i want to watch this too i don't want to miss it even though i've seen it a million times and so i probably paused it and I'd burn this image into his head. Yeah. What's funny yeah. is that shot is probably only on 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 the movie for like six frames, yeah. so like a quarter of a second, and he just happened to hit one of those frames. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I still think about that. I can <clears throat> picture it now. That thing scares me. So I I don't know. 
I, I, I revisit in five years and see if it scares her again. Yeah, yeah I think know? so. Also, like if you're not scared about scared from that movie, there's a lot of like stuff happening on happening within that movie that you can appreciate by just thinking about it and discussing it with other people. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, cool. So question number three, <clears throat> a lot of the horror movies these days mainly implement CGI effects over the practical effects. Do you prefer the practical effects we grew up on? Uh, or are you okay with the CGI effects that are used today? I, I would say yes. And yes. Um, I like the effects that we have today. I mean, obviously it's, it's opened up uh, uh, from a creative standpoint, the ability for directors, writers to really uh, capture their vision. I mean, you know, back in yeah. our time, <laughs> Rick, uh, you know, uh, th- there were just uh, ideas that could not be captured. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, however, there's um, something has been lost. Yeah. Um, you know, and it really... Um, not to get into the political components of uh, movie making, but Donovan, you know, you being a student of film, uh, probably attest to this. Um, you know, these uh, CGI companies, uh, they really get the shaft. Um, they, they get worked to the bone. They spend thousands upon thousands of uh, working hours on these effects. And um, often uh, there's late revisions You know, they're not given enough time. They certainly are not paid what they need to be paid. Yeah. Yeah. So corners get cut. And when corners get cut, uh, you know, it shows on screen. Yeah. Yeah. The problem. And it's funny uh, as we watch these movies, you know, I've been following your uh, uh, last episodes, uh, a podcast. I mean, obviously I do the editing on them. Um, It got me to uh, to rewatch these movies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know. Mostly because I want to refamiliarize myself with these movies. Some of them I haven't seen, um, but in doing so, uh, you know, I'm looking at these effects, you know, all over again. And um, I mean, yeah, they're bad. I mean, you yeah, know. yeah. But what what I realized was, um, you know, when these movies came out, I mean, they, it was pretty groundbreaking, and mm-hmm. we were watching them on, you know, four to three ratio TVs, uh, you know, uh, tube TVs. Yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, now we're watching these same movies on on 4K Ultra, you know, flat screen, and you can see every little flaw, you know. It's true. Um, which just wasn't something that occurred. Plus, you know, we were watching many of these movies on uh, uh, VHS and, oh my God. dare I say, beta, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, beta, Laserdisc, VHS. Yeah. yeah. I remember, oh like, I, I wasn't around for this, but I'm pretty sure, like, Laserdisc was marketed as... Look at this great quality, <laughs> it right? It was, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I it mean, was, I'm yeah. pretty. It's in the Sopranos. Yeah. It's not oh, yeah. that old. <laughs> I right? never. I don't think I. We ever owned a, a laser disc player. Um, never. We had it was, the thing was VHS. I don't even think we had beta. I think we had VHS. And I remember when those. Oh my god! I worked a friggin' whole summer for my uncle's shop. Three months to, to save up for my my first VCR. I bought it myself. That thing was five six hundred bucks. Yeah. You look back and go, oh, my God. And I kept that thing. I kept that thing until Donovan, Donovan broke it. He stuck, <laughs> he stuck a, uh, and it was probably a damn uh, one of your movies. He stuck it in backwards and it, and it broke the damn VCR. And that would have been, I had that thing had to have been from mid eighties 
to like early 90s. I was holding on to that thing. I worked my ass off for that VCR and I was yeah. going to keep it no matter what. You know, it's <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the cost, you know, not to turn this into a, a big uh, uh, marriage court <laughs> episode yeah. or yeah. anything. But I remember uh, when I was a teenager, my parents had a, a VHS um, recorder. Uh, it was a, a JVC. Oh, yeah. And I remember it was super expensive. I want to say five or six hundred bucks. Um, and uh one uh, weekend, my parents were in a fight. I don't even remember what it was. And, you know, I'm not trying to paint some weird picture. My yeah, parents didn't yeah. fight, but they, it was a yeah, typical sure, thing, sure, you know. Yeah. But whatever, he got mad and he he took the the, the VCR player and he he jumped in his 1955 T-Bird and, oh, yeah. and took off oh. and for like a couple of days. Yeah. Oh my god. And, and I remember thinking to myself. Why did he take the, the, the VCR? Like, what, what is he doing? And <laughs> no, I think right. in his yeah. mind, it was like Hockett or something, yeah, you know, yeah. like get himself some you know, quick money, you know? And yeah. at the time, I'm like, okay, what are you going to get for that? You know, like, like I'm thinking about yeah, it now yeah. and I'm looking back on it. What are you going to get for that? 50 bucks? You know, but you probably get a couple hundred. Pro- probably. I think... Mine was a JVC. Yeah. I saved up for a JVC. Yeah. They were good They're until Domin broke it. Uh, that's your fault. Dude. <laughs> I know he was like two. He's all two put in a movie and back. See, I thought you were going to say he put like a peanut butter sandwich in no, there. No, that, that would be on me that if would I did that. I, no, impressive, the, though, if I made that peanut butter sandwich. Oh, that would be old. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's I actually kind of appreciate the stability in Blu-ray. I yeah. mean, Blu-ray has been going on for almost 10 years. Or it hasn't oh. been ten years now. Has it been ten? Yeah, I think oh, because I remember the HD DVD versus Blu-ray debate, and that oh, was yeah. happening uh, around the 2010s. Blu-ray ended up winning, and I remember at the time, yeah. the PlayStation Three was the most affordable Blu-ray option. Yep. at like what eight hundred or a thousand dollars, just because God. you could also play video games on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's funny because because back in our time, it was it was beta. Or VHS and VHS dominated. I mean, it's, similar it's, it's usually they, what porn adopts, right? And I think it was Blu-ray for this. Probably, it was VHS for that. Yeah, it's probably the case. Yeah, Beta was actually the superior platform, but it wasn't as popular. It because I don't remember ever it just seeing Beta didn't anywhere. Catch on, yeah, and and you know, due to maybe marketing. Or or what have you? Yeah, it's, um, it's porn. It's, it's, porn <laughs> it's, like, it's probably the porn. It's cheaper like, for them to to manufacture pretty, the, the the movies on VHS yeah, versus beta. I'm pretty sure we can blame everything on porn, <laughs> which makes sense because right. I mean, what would beta and VHS was what probably late 70s. Would, yeah. would you say late yeah. 70s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's funny. I think I watched Jaws on beta. Did you really? Yep. I don't think I ever watched a movie on beta. No, I obviously didn't. I don't yeah, know what you you're did. looking at me. You did watch movies on VHS, though. We I had, did. We had plenty of those. Plenty of Barney tapes, too. You did. You had plenty of those. I think, in fact, that's what he had put in the... I watched South Park on VHS. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So to uh, to, to wrap that question up, um, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I appreciate both. Um, I, I like it when I see both effects, both types yeah. of effects more the thing is the special effects have existed since the dawn of film yeah those have yeah. always been around when it comes specifically to physical and digital digital looks amazing almost every single project you watch has some form of digital effects you yeah. just typically don't see it yeah david fincher is famous for just uh swathing his movies and digital effects that you just don't notice he even yeah. had like a whole car scene in like two of his movies that oh. were just pure digital effects and you would have known it unless you saw like each individual plate on like a behind the scenes footage. Oh, it, it's, it's, I didn't know it when I saw those movies and I was shocked when I found out in just some random video I saw on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's usually the marriage of the two that 
kind of creates the the best effect usually when digital is enhancing yeah. physical. Yeah. And I will say I always I think I will always prefer physical just a little bit more yeah. because I love it when I can see the actor interacting with that effect in some way. Yeah. And Dead Dead Alive is a perfect example. If that blood was digital, that movie wouldn't have been as fun. But you literally have the actors caked in blood. Yeah. Or you have uh, squibs or something to that effect just well, shooting everywhere all, all the time. Yeah. Case in point, you know, I mean, not to go down and further down this one, but uh, uh, Alien. Yeah. Uh, you know, when the prosthetic alien oh, busted yeah. out of the stomach, you know. Yeah. That's a real visceral scene. Yeah. And I oh, believe yeah. the actress uh, on there was not, that. she had no idea that was... Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and and she got splattered with the blood, and and her reaction was a real reaction. Yeah, I love that. That's I love that. Can't I, have that when you're dealing with digital. No, you can't. You know, you can't. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, number four, in your opinion, the worst movie you've ever watched, and what about it you didn't like? Oh, a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then look, I mean, we all know there's there's a ton of horror movies that are made every year, and there's a lot of turds out there. <laughs> um, I've seen my fair share of really bad ones, so this one would have to be just just one maybe that jumps out at you that <clears throat> you just got. Oh my god, you know, hell, it could have been a movie you you started you put on, and twenty minutes in, you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean. Wasn't there a movie called uh, something Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, um, killer! Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, from like the early God, early eighties or something. Uh, um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. So, oh my god! Oh my god! I remember that one. That one is fucking terrible. It was horrible. It's so horrible. It was the worst. Yeah. It was absolutely the worst. Uh, now. That, uh, I was, uh, again, I was a kid. I don't remember exactly how old I was, um, at the time. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to um, say like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, to this day, I can still picture that, that, that cover, um, uh-huh. a big old fucking tomato and, and more than likely it was people running away from it, which is, yeah. which was probably like a take on a B movie, you know, like the, like the blobs and stuff like that, you know, yeah. where you have like a poster and it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you have these people like they're looking back, but they're running away from, the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So, oh my God, I forgot about that one. That that one was yeah. bad. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That one. Um, of of recently, um, you know, uh, one of the ones that uh, that you uh, gentlemen have uh, <laughs> have reviewed. I I wasn't very fond of that movie. Um, but that's okay. I, you know. Um, exactly. It yeah. uh, it did its thing. Um, it did. It did. Um, yeah. It was it was funny. I didn't. I did not think you would like that one. Yeah. Um, but I wanted you to, you know, to, to take a look at it, watch it and maybe, maybe prove me wrong. But I, <laughs> however, there were scenes on that movie that I found entertaining. I mean, oh, I really yeah. did where I can, I can honestly look back on uh, attack of the killer tomatoes and think to myself, <laughs> I can't get that time back. So, <laughs> so attack of the killer tomatoes is going to be my answer to that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, last question. Uh, the last horror movie you watched that just blew you away, that that once it was over, you just couldn't get out of your head. Hereditary. Yeah. 
Is that the second time we've got that answer? It is. Did Morris say that too? Uh, Morris, I think, yeah, might have said Hereditary, that as well. I loved. Yeah. yeah. It's an easy movie to love, I think. It, it is. I, I, there, I, yeah. there is so much about the the vibe of that movie that the the ambiance in in it uh maybe it's some cinematography tricks i mean there are so many i mean i keep re-watching that movie and i find more stuff like yeah. you know more things that are hidden in dark corners you know yeah, that you yeah. didn't see the last time you know uh, you watched it and, yeah i mean just as well as just the general subject matter um, oh, just it, all of it, all the way around, very uh, unsettling and stuck is. with me for days on end. I, I remember watching it at the theater, and I, I left the theater, and I chatted about it afterwards. I, I think I might have seen it with Morris. And him and I chatted in the parking lot, which we, we quite often do when we go see a movie. I left, and I and I was hungry because it was late, and I stopped at uh, Chevy's. Yeah. And um, I went there by myself, and, and I, I sat there, and I ordered, and I just kept... I kept like just thinking about the movie and then I had to get on my phone and I had to see what other people were saying and, and, and all the different origins of what was happening. And it just, yeah. And it just, it almost makes you appreciate it more. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, well, you know, and, and for me, uh, I'm bad when it comes to actors names. Uh, what is the, uh, what, what's her name? The the actress. um, Oh gosh! She played in Little yeah. Miss Sunshine. Yeah, I've the mom again um, with the fucking chicken. Yeah, you know um, I, I can't think of it. I can't think of her name right now, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, like really, the only time uh, movie I've seen her in is uh, Little Miss Sunshine, and to go from Little Miss Sunshine to Hereditary. Yeah, do, she was unsettling. Like just she, her, her performance was yeah. unsettling. Wasn't to she me. the mother in Sixth Sense? Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Wasn't she the mother in Sixth Sense? I don't remember, but you've definitely have seen her in other stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. That was, oh man, <laughs> we could, we could. You know what? We could take a full episode on that, and I think, yeah. I think we'll have you back, and we'll talk about Hereditary because that one, um, <sighs> that that one's that one's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna I need love, a drink for that one. Yeah, you guys yeah. got to set me up with a drink. Yeah, we'll put a little cocktail over on the side. <laughs> So um, yeah, thanks for answering those. Uh, let's uh, let's jump into let's jump into Phantasm. Um, Don Coscarelli's 1979. Uh, his uh, his his really his he he wrote it. He directed it. What was he? 21, 22, and, and yeah. which was crazy. This was like his third feature film. Yeah. I mean, who the hell at, at 20, 21, 22 is doing this third feature yeah. film? Three hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah. It raked in twelve million, I believe. <sighs> Yep. that's these these recipes with these horror movies is man you crank these things out <laughs> for a low budget and they and that's why they make them so quickly that's why they did it with the you know you could talk about the franchises the friday the 13th the elm streets there would be one coming out almost every nine months because yeah. because you know you do it for a low budget uh, you usually get unknown actors for the most part um and then they hit and people just oh man, well, clamor for these things. However, there's, you know, uh, my opinion, one small issue, um, and it could have just been the time period this came out in, um, you know, I believe the target audience, you know, uh, was your horror slasher, you know, like as like the main audience. And when you really take a look at this movie, there's what, two deaths? At most, and and yeah. actually, you could technically say that only one occurred. Yeah, 
really. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, you really have to look at this movie of, um, much, much more beneath the surface. Uh, you can't look at it from the, uh, the lens of horror slasher it, it, because then it just falls apart. It's funny because, um, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot smarter than, than these slashers. I mean, like, as we talked about in the past, these slashers had a recipe and for the most part, they followed them. Yeah. This movie. And I was, I was guilty as it as well. I've seen this movie many times over the years and I just, I, I popped in the movie and I watched it just for the entertainment value. And I, and not until, and not until, um, just recently did I really sit down you know, and, and look at this thing. And, um, and what, what Coscarelli did was, was, was quite impressive, mm-hmm. especially for a 21, 22 year old. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I'm 28 now. Um, I can't, I can't believe I said that like three times already on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, Young and <laughs> I know, especially compared to you old farts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, 69. Damn, Darren. I know. Right? <laughs> oh, I know. Right. It's a good um, year. It is a good year. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, I, I've gotten, uh, there's this idea. I was listening to Conan's podcast and he had Lynn yeah. Manuel Miranda. If you guys don't know, he's written plays, uh, specifically Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most people are familiar with, or a lot of people are familiar with that. And in the Heights, which is getting a movie adaptation later this year. Um, but he made a very good point when they were talking about someone maybe might've been queen. It doesn't matter who mm. to not, like care about their age because if you do there's going to be like these comparisons between <laughs> what they accomplished at this age and then yourself and yeah. what you have or have not accomplished yeah and right. that's i don't want to the guy was smart yeah the director of this movie was quite smart and i don't want to get hung up on the fact that he was 21 when <sighs> no, on I his know. third feature film on a movie that made uh an insane return on a low budget oh my gosh i know yeah. and because he, i'm just gonna feel bad <clears throat> did he just did he borrow the money from his I think he to make this didn't he borrow money from his dad or something like oh, that. Oh well, now it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I mean, you know, his dad's you know, go, you know, I, I always wonder about that. Is it like is the dad shaking his head, going, "Oh my God, you know, Don, when are you going to give up your dream of making movies, especially a horror movie? I keep giving you money and money, right? <laughs> you know, and then it's like, hey, Dad, uh, that three hundred thousand you loan me, yeah, now it's uh, thirteen. Yeah, I know, 13 right? <laughs> yeah, here it is. Here you go. Yeah, it's a little interest. Uh, yeah. So what, uh, so, um, you know, re- reactions, I mean, you know, what did you guys, uh, what did you guys think? You know, I mean, I like this movie. Um, well, I like most of this movie. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what I love about movies, um, any, t- any particular type of movie, any movie is when they are getting me to ask questions from scene to scene. Um, this movie does that in spades. Um, it's constantly making me think about what's happening on screen. Yeah. Even if a not, not a lot of stuff is actually happening on, on, on screen. Um, and this movie definitely did that. It kept me interested and, yeah. uh, very few movies that we've talked about so far have, have done that. Yeah. So, um, good. I was always interested to know exactly what was happening mm-hmm. and why it was happening. Um, and the movie was, uh, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring up some anime right now. Yeah. So yeah. there's a show called Attack on Titan. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the, the what the manga's actual name is. I'm mm-hmm. very sorry. That's right. But he actually structured his manga so that uh, the audience was getting an answer to a, a mystery about the world or its characters. And I was thinking about Attack on Titan when I was watching this movie. It seemed that the director slash writer was very good at making 
you ask questions mm-hmm. and then uh, within a reasonable time frame, answering those questions will then pro- uh, producing more, more, more questions for you right. to want answers too. Yep. And if a movie's able to do that and hold my attention, it's, it's already a good movie in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Right. You know, I was very, I was so interested in knowing why is this tall guy so freaking strong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. does he need for a, what does he need a body for? Yeah. Yeah. What are these brown caped dwarves doing yeah. and why don't we see their faces? Right. Yeah. Right. What, you know, like I was constantly asking myself these questions and I yeah. wanted to know the answer because the intrigue was just so great. Yeah. So, you know, for, uh, for me, uh, you know, again, I remember first seeing this movie when I was a teenager, I, uh, I believe I was at my grandmother's house. Um, and you know, watching it then, um, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I didn't really look much beyond the eye candy mm-hmm. that was on screen. I thought it was, a you know, a really creepy, weird kind of sci-fi, uh, um, uh, a piece of theme music to it yeah, that, yeah. that was very Great reminiscent music, of yeah. uh, Exorcist. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there were just a, a lot of, uh, and it was a lot of imagery, and I think I was just really drawn to that. You know, as an artist, uh, you know, I really fixated on that. Didn't really uh, give much thought to, you know, um, like beyond the overarching story of, okay, yeah. here's a kid and, you know, is parents died, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and, yeah. and now his big brother is, you know, but having rewatched it, I've come to, I have a theory, uh, um, I'm going to lay it out here yeah, and uh, yeah. hopefully you guys, blow uh, us away. hopefully you guys, uh, um, see a little bit of truth to that, or at the very least, uh, maybe look at it in a, in a different way. Um, it, it started to manifest for me when, uh, every time they got to the room, where you know the door is, and we'll talk about that further. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I kept noticing that there was uh, some artwork above the door, and it was uh, um, Greek gods. Essentially, there was seven of them. And at first, I thought it was just uh, you know mausoleum decor. You know, because yeah, there's yeah. lots of uh, Greek pillars yep. and you know uh, Greek statuary uh, throughout yeah. this mausoleum, so. I chalked it up to that, but then I can't, I don't know. They seem to just, you know, why is, why are there seven Greek godheads above this door leading to, um, an interdimensional doorway? Yeah. You know? Um, so I started doing some, I started doing some research into that and the whole idea and what I discovered is the, uh, in, uh, the, you know, Greek philosophy way back in Plato, Aristotle days, um, they had this con, uh, concept of uh, fantasia and then the concept of a phantasm. And, you know, usually, at least when it comes to this movie, you just hear phantasm. You don't really know what the other half of it is. But the, yeah. there's a beginning component to phantasm, and that's fantasia. And, and essentially what that means in Greek philosophy, it's the idea that, okay, a person has their senses, you know, their sight, their hearing their sense of smell. Yeah. So say, so say you're a kid, you're a person, you look down into a puddle of water and, uh, at the bottom of the puddle of water, you see a stick due to the light refracting on the water. The water distorts the stick. You reach the conclusion. The stick is bent. So that's your fantasia at play. So it's your senses, you know, taking in information, uh, 
And then you reach a conclusion, which is your phantasm, which is, that's your conclusion. And then the Greek uh, philosophy, phantasms can most likely be false. So same kid, same guy, whoever it is, uh, reaches down, picks the stick up out of the water, now realizes that the stick is not bent after all. It's actually straight. So now there's a whole reinterpretation of what the senses are seeing. So the cycle starts all over again. So yeah. now you've got a Fantasia and then you've come to the conclusion the stick is indeed straight. And then there's your phantasm. And for me, this that is precisely what this movie is doing. Uh, it, yeah. it, it does that throughout uh, with that whole just juxtaposition of... Yeah. You know, uh, is the uh, the main character, is he dreaming? Is he not dreaming? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you think he is, sometimes you think he's not. Oh, you know, it's all littered throughout uh, the film, only to find at the end, in my opinion, that the whole film is one big giant fantasia for the, uh, the viewer. Yeah. And then the very last scene is yeah. the phantasm. Yeah. Yeah. So we can, can certainly can explore that further as we yeah, talk about it's definitely, it. Definitely, yeah, it's I, I, I think it's a cool interpretation of it. You know, um, I mean, if you know, Coscarelli, yeah, like I said, very impressive that uh, you know he he sat there. He, I, I think I watched an interview that he he locked him. I think he 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 went up to a cabin. I think uh, mm -hmm. it might have been a, a cabin that his family owned for two weeks and and isolated himself. And wrote this thing, I think in I think in two weeks. Yeah. And so can't even imagine what was going in his right. head. First of all, you're isolated by yourself, and you're writing this thing, and and I'm and uh, you know, so th coming up with these with these ideas is uh, yeah. I, well, and I heard uh, read that uh, that the the you know the basic component of the movie was a dreams that he had or something. Yes, I I heard that as well. Yeah, different. You know, of course not exactly, but he would take parts of you know these things uh, i think this the sphere might have been something right um uh that yeah that he he yeah he took to, to, you know different things from that yeah now i don't know if uh uh coscarelli as in an interview or or written down anywhere has uh has stated um the meaning behind these greek god uh heads. i have not seen that it doesn't um, mean it doesn't it's not out there yeah well i mean i i feel like in and donovan maybe you can chime in here i, I feel like that uh, uh directors writers you know they draw upon um uh literature and history and and um other um other cultures uh when they're trying to weave their story together. Um, and that, so to me, that seems plausible. The film industry is just theft after theft after theft. We're constantly yeah. recycling ideas. I mean, everybody knows that well, we, that's what we do. But that's the institution though. But what about, <laughs> but what about a writer though? Like what about somebody who is, who is, uh, you know, has their baby and they're, they're, you know, don't they draw upon uh, when they're writing uh, or is it truly to just turn up, profit <laughs> I, I i can't speak for this guy i yeah. i'm pretty sure the argument you've laid out is substantial i know I, I can tell you that if that was what he was trying to do that i don't think that works in a 90 minute film no it does not to, to spend uh, about 75 or 80 minutes of your film basically to just be a setup for pulling the rug out from underneath them i don't right. think that's yeah. a good experiment although i will say it's successful yeah. Um, as a writer, you're going to pull from everything you have. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means verbatim from certain works that you've seen before. Right. Um, Tarantino does that all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, I, oh, Tarantino yeah. is one of the best filmmakers ever, and we know that he steals. Yeah. I know steal is a very strong word, but yeah, we, uh, yeah. I mean, you're reusing old ideas. Borrows. And yeah. you're, you're, Borrows, as yeah. long as you're transforming them in some way, it's not an issue. No one cares. Tarantino does it all the time. That's why yeah. we don't care. We want him to do that yeah. because we love his spin on it. Yeah. Um, when it comes to this, I, if I was locked in a cabin and I only gave myself a specific amount of time, hell yeah, I'm going to pull like every little <laughs> thing I can well, and stick it in this 120 page script. Yeah. And, you know, they say that, you know, there is no new art. There is, yeah. I mean, everything at yeah. this point is a recycle of some Or there's kind. like seven story ideas or something to that effect. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, you know, from what you said, Darren, I, you know, I, I've watched some interviews with him. Um, I, I have not uh, heard him say that doesn't mean he hasn't. What, what I know I've heard him say, um, w- uh, he, uh, in one of the interviews, uh, when this movie came out in 79, he, he did, um, him and Angus Grimm, who plays the tall man, did an mm-hmm. interview and, and watching, going back and watching it. Oh my God, that is hilarious. <laughs> 1979 <laughs> clothes and hair. It's fucking awesome. But, uh, you know, he brings up the word phantasm because Edgar Allan Poe wrote it a lot. Yeah. He, he made it a point to bring that up, but, you know, does not mean and he didn't. Yeah, he didn't, you know, to take it from some Greek mythology or, you know. Well, and I have no doubt uh, Poe pulled it. Oh, from. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like, so. yeah. Yeah. But uh, to your point, Donna, I agree with you. Um, I, I, I think that the movie fails to uh, deliver that idea. That was after about five watches, <laughs> you know, that, you know, and then I, I started to really ponder that and then kind of ended up going down a little bit of a rabbit hole on that one. But I mean, this I, is a great idea for like a 15 minute short film, but yeah, yeah. people are very conscious of their time. Yeah. People respect their time. Yeah. They don't want to get emotionally invested in a film only for them to be like that. Those 80 minutes you spent. Yeah. Well, that, that didn't happen. Um, but we'll talk about this further on what, what did and didn't happen, but I'm, I'm willing uh, for my, for my one watch of this movie, cause I've only seen this once so far, um, is that the movie is presenting its ideas at face value. Mm-hmm. So the, the dream sequence, or I'm sorry, the, the, the waking up at the end is in fact the actual reality and that everything we had seen up until that point has been a dream. Basically, that Michael's seen sort of omnisciently yeah. because yeah. there's so many scenes he's seen, not from his perspective, right. but sort of like this uh, omniscient perspective where he gets kind of, he kind of knows um, everything in a limited scope, right? Right, because because right. uh, he sees his brother at checking out his parents at the beginning of the movie as one example, right? right? Yeah, um, almost like what happens when uh, you're <clears throat> dreaming, you know, sure. and. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're dreaming, your perspective shifts. You'll go from the first person and then and then maybe somewhere down the line, your perspective shifts. And all of a sudden you're not the person who's uh, who is in the first person in your dream. You're now yeah. a viewer viewing that, you know, almost like looking at it from a different set of, of eyes. And, uh, you know, yeah. um, for me, it's always like a camera in like a corner uh-huh. of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that's um, exactly I, it for me, too. But I've never been like a different person. You know what? I've never been like, oh, yeah, there's Donovan. And then there's 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 Darren. And now I'm looking at Darren, but not from my perspective. I'm in a different room. I've never done that, which is kind of 
I, I do want to talk about it because we there's three endings for this movie. Uh-huh. I was not aware there was three different endings, and I do. Do you know those other two endings? Unfortunately, I do not. But what oh. I I know, I know. Um, but what I do know is there is uh, it originally was about a, uh, a three hour movie. So there is an hour and a half oh, yeah. of this movie on the chopping room floor. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean for for a horror movie, no. Which I would mean, explain oh why God, the, yeah. the movie at its surface is a you know you could argue yeah. that there's an argument to be made that it's a kind of a jumbled mess. I would be curious to see what that other hour and a half. I mean, was it as simple as he took that other hour and a half? And you know, we know there were several sequels to this. So did he? take you know some of what he wasn't able to put in the original film and and and, and spread it to, to some of the sequels I, you know it's um i've seen a few of the sequels i probably stopped at three or four it's been a while since i've yeah. i've watched them so i can't you know i'm i'm curious i mean that's a lot of footage i think the fourth one the fourth one i think the fourth oh, one okay. recycled some of that previous footage but on the on the chopping room floor we have uh, three alternate endings and whatever else got chopped away that, most yeah. movies are significantly longer than their actual theatrical cuts yeah. there's just so much that's removed so much fat that's removed yeah um yeah. so the fact i mean there's possible that yeah there's like 30 minutes of just footage that didn't that was just like trimmed Mm-hmm. That is not substantial in any way. Yeah. But I kind of like this film as 90 minutes because everything yeah. takes its time already. Yep. Yep. You don't need to overstuff it with any sort exactly. of further exposition or, you know, anything that might take away from the mystery of this film. Because I think its biggest strength is introducing ideas that you, you are not you're not familiar with right. and no. that it wants to tell you about yeah. in its own time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. So let's um, let's. Uh, I guess we could start maybe uh, diving into it a little bit. Uh, you know, the opening scene, I, I, um, I believe, is uh, cemetery. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, and the the the, la- uh, the lady in lavender. Yeah. Can I just say, what is yeah. the deal with having sex in a cemetery? I don't, I don't know because this happened a couple specifically for this movie. <laughs> yeah. There is a plot related reason, so don't go there, Darren. <laughs> The only time I've ever seen sex in a movie in a cemetery is what? No, not even Return of the Living Dead has sex. There's just a nude um, scene in it. Huh? The nude scene, yeah, with with Elena quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, what other? I'm surprised because this is does feel like a trope. What other movies are you thinking about, Darren? That come to mind? Oh gosh, because this can't. feels like so much like a cliche. But I, I think this is the only movie I've seen where this actually happens. But of the uh, movies uh, we've seen uh, so far, there have been a lot of cemetery yeah, scenes. Yeah, I, I know. I've I, off off the top of my head, I can't I can't think of any. But I know I I've, I've seen them, and it's usually it's usually in the damn eighties. It's usually in the mid eighties or below. It's yeah, I, I think it it's has the whole to be zombie, like a, you know zombies and 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 stuff like that. Uh, you know that 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 time. It's to me, and again, I can't think of any. But it just. It seemed like it happened a lot. It has to be a yeah. kinky thing. Like you're not supposed to be doing this here. Well, you know, and for people who believe in the afterlife, like maybe they're being spied on by all these. Well, think think about okay. For instance, think about the '80s. Think about the late '70s. If you think about it, punk. I mean, punk was you know you're very. I'm against the you know everything, and so you know um, to to show that I'm gonna. Let's go, let's go to a cemetery and, and and we're gonna have sex and 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 who cares you know? Um, well, I don't know that I re- off the top of my head. I don't know if I can remember uh, uh, any other movies that specifically. Isn't that funny? Because it feels like something I've seen a million times. It does. Yeah, it's gross as hell. 
<laughs> and I mean, I don't know what's, oh, the, the guy's name was Tommy. I can think like Ron Jeremy. I'm like, <laughs> Dude, he did not, did he not look like a porn? Oh my he God. He did. <laughs> between, uh, between, uh, filming Phantasm, he was, he was doing, a, uh, another movie with the John Holmes, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pro scene. But they're having sex. The, we don't know this yet, but the later in, lady in lavender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that all we know her by? Yep. Yes. Is that what she's like said in the credit? Yes, yes, I believe the lady in lavender. I love that so much. I do. Yep. She's, cool. She seems very iconic. I'm surprised I haven't seen like jokes about her. Yeah. Because Phantasm, yeah. It's, people reference Phantasm all the time. Oh, they do. There's yeah. a Family Guy gag referencing Phantasm. Uh, the music I've heard before, so I know it's been oh. reused at some point. Like we said, music is very, very similar to The Exorcist, um, which is there's nothing wrong with that. It's not, obviously, it's not the same, but. Anytime you're gonna, yeah. you know, oh man, I mean, it, it is, it, it very much sounds like that. And, and I always, I love the music. I always found it very creepy with a bit of a sci-fi sort of yeah. uh, interdimensional slant to it, which is awesome that they managed to pull that off because yeah. it is so similar to uh, exorcist. Yeah. It, it sounds alien, which is really nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what Tommy and lady in lavender are doing their thing in the, in the cemetery, um, this is this is what I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer this for me. If okay, if you are, it, we know that the lady in lavender is the tall man, and the tall man is 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 after the sex with Tommy kills him. Okay, was the sex necessary? If you know, if you're the tall man and you know the end result is I'm going to kill Tommy because I I need him. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna t- reanimate and turn him into a slave. Why the hell am I having sex with? Well, them? I interpreted the sex uh, stuff in this movie to be the tall man's uh, luring the, them there. But but does the sex have to because they had sex? I mean, Dad, uh, he is can it, have <laughs> some fun. Like let the tall man have <laughs> let the tall man do his thing. Yeah, yeah. let him have a little fun on the job. It's fun. <laughs> oh fine. my god! I mean, it's all work and no play, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard making those dwarves, <laughs> right? <laughs> is it necessary? I don't think so. I mean, if, if it's not necessary and it's happening anyway, what other reason could there possibly be? Yeah, it's yeah. certainly gratuitous. Mm, I mean, but yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah, I'm so, fine with it. So we have uh, so uh, the, the lady in lavender. I don't know, a.k.a. the tall man, uh, you know, after sex, kills Tommy, stabs him. Um, um, I believe after this, we have uh, we're introduced to um, we're introduced to uh, Reggie and uh, Jody um, because they are now at the, 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 the mausoleum or the cemetery, the mausoleum to uh, because of uh, Tommy's Tommy's yeah. funeral. So right? basically it's their funeral. Yeah, his, his funeral. funeral. Yeah. Um, so we're introduced to to Reggie, Jody. Um, and then, uh, shortly thereafter, we're introduced to Mike or Michael, um, you know, he's there, uh, spying on, spying on his brother uh, at at the funeral. Um, so we have, uh, don't we have, uh, um, at this point, uh, um, you know, Reggie, Reggie and, and, uh, Jody have a, you know, a little bit of conversation. They can't believe, you know, Tommy's dead. Um, you know, uh, um, Jody essentially, Hey, excuses himself and goes into the goes inside the ma- the mausoleum correct cuz he cuz he wants to go visit his uh, his parents his parents yeah, yeah. cuz yep. they had died what maybe 2 years earlier in a was it a car crash it was um i'm not sure that they specify how many was years it? but no, i think it was i think it's 2 is it 2 it sounds cuz like- the movie takes place i think in 79 i think it was made in 79 but it also takes place in 79 okay i don't it could be 78 and then like 2 or 3 years prior was when the the death of the parents were okay. i i remember it being 2 
but I, I could be wrong. And it doesn't really matter. We just know that it was, it's fairly recent. Right. And during that time, uh, yeah. Jody's been taking care of uh, Michael. Yeah. 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 He's been taking care of Michael and Mike and, and Michael uh, or Mike uh, is, is, you know, he, uh, he, <clears throat> he, he's there spying on them. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Jody, you know, didn't want him there because it, it seems so, you know, so recent since, you know, the parents death. Right. Well, I think specifically, uh, he said, uh, Mike was having nightmares oh, okay. and that was why, uh, he, didn't want to go yeah, do yeah. the funeral thing. So. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I did too. Um, I, I, there's, there's, now that I'm thinking about it, what if Michael's constantly waking up from this, you know, like a different version of this dream mm-hmm. and then getting taken by the tall man just over and over and over again? See, I yeah. like that idea a lot, actually. So, so yeah. interesting that you say that because rewatching this again and, and really, really looking at this. It reminded me, I know it's going to be crazy, of The Matrix and, and, and Neo's character because there's a, there's a scene later on that Mike says something about you're not, I forget what he says, something about you're not, uh, oh, God, I can't remember what he says. Um, doesn't he say something like, um, I'm trying to figure, I got to get my thoughts here. Uh, something about you're, you're, you're not coming back. We're, we're almost to where he, he knew this had already happened or something like I, well, I think in that moment, what you were talking about was uh, was when uh, Jody had said, you know, I'm going to go in, you know, to the mausoleum and yeah. check, the, you know, and I think uh, uh, Mike, I think what he was trying to say was he felt like that he's going to get killed. Like, that's what I thought about the scene. Yeah, too. really? See, I, but I, see, I, I get it, an Inception I vibe it, out of this. Yeah, that's what I get. Like yeah, movie Inception. Yeah, you know where yeah, it, yeah. where it's like you're going layers and layers deep, and 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 every time you get the kick, you go up a level. You know the, th- that's what it, it feels like to me with yeah, the dream sequences. There's a sci-fi story. I forget what it's called, but it, the idea is that these two scientists make a simulation of the universe. They speed it up, and then they get to their point in time, and then they see themselves creating. Yeah. their own version of the universe yeah. and it's just over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they don't know if they're in a simulation or the, the, the right. prime universice, the parent universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I, 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 now that we're talking about it, I really hope that this movie, like the canon of this movie is just, he's constantly waking up and being I, taken I, by like this tall man I, for whatever reason. And that there's yeah. like, a, like a billion versions of Michael and infinite versions. I, I almost, I, it, yeah, it feels it like does. that at times. It does. It does. <clears throat> oh, and it, he said, you're, you're never, you're never coming back. Yeah. I just, I, there, and, there and, is like a finality to that statement. Yeah. 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 To me, to me, I, I'd but be honest, know, but, but it could it, also just be like the tall man is crazy strong. You're not, I took off yeah, his fingers. I mean, for sure. I, you know, yes, it could be that I, I was thinking out of a different angle and, uh, but we know. also know for a fact that, uh, that, Mike is genuinely freaked out that he's going to be abandoned yeah. by his brother. True. Yes. And, and, and it's at least in the, the first half of the movie, you know, it, oh, that's yeah. the whole reason he's constantly following him around following everywhere. Him everywhere. You and know. and uh, yeah, he's always following him. So, and even, even uh, Jody mentions that to what, yeah, exactly. And, and in some ways <clears throat> this is a, an exercise in the releasing fear essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we are, uh, we're at, uh, Tommy's funeral. Right. What yeah. the, the movie's already doing a bunch of cool stuff for me. I I like so the um, because we get kind of the first um, 
you know, introduction to this 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 mausoleum, which I had, I think I'd, I I had uh, either read or I'd heard that they had built this set, and and Don Coscarelli had said they were, you know, they they wanted to stay true to a you know a, 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 a the, the norm, I guess, the norm what you would picture in a mausoleum, but right. at the same time. They were looking for a futuristic feel to this thing because, you know, with the spheres and, and everything that was going on. And, yeah, I always felt that way watching this mm-hmm. movie. They nailed it. They did. You know? What would you think? For me, uh, not talking about that specifically, I'll get to yeah. that in a second. Um, the movie's, like, taking its time. It's doing very little when it comes to editing. So we're just sort of staying honest, the same shot. The acting is fairly natural, but somehow all that together along with the music is making everything feel like a dream. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, ha- yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen, I think I've seen bits of this movie when I was younger. Yeah. Cause I, I specifically yeah, sure remember. I, yeah. yeah. Cause I remember seeing those spheres and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so the movie already feels a, a lot like a dream and I, I don't, rem- I don't remember that ending. I haven't seen that ending. Yeah. So for me, the, the movie's already playing this trick on you, making you feel that, what's happening is a little too like aloof, too airy. Like it doesn't feel like it's fully baked in reality. And I like that a lot. And it, it happens very quickly. It also does that in the montage from when uh, Jody is inspecting the mausoleum and yeah. his brother is sort of driving the dirt bike around the, oh, yeah. the, right. yeah. the, the cemetery. Like yeah. everything just feels a little off. Yeah, it does. When it comes specifically to the mausoleum, I just, is that not what they just look like? Because I haven't actually been in one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think Goscarelli had, they'd visited several, you know, several different ones and, and, and then they, you know, they did their homework and then they said, okay, let's build a set and then we're going to do this, but we, but, but we, it has to feel, it has to feel futuristic. Well, it felt, well, it was very monochromatic mm-hmm. yeah. inside. It's all white and white is very futuristic Yeah. when yeah. it comes to like design language. If yeah. it's white and like clean, it's, it's the future, right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Exactly so, right. so, you know, when, when, uh, Darren and I were chatting about this, there's a scene, uh, at the, you know, when they're having that uh, funeral for, uh, for Tommy, there's, uh, inside of the, is it the church or, you know, uh, whatever that mausoleum. is, Maus- mausoleum, yeah. there's that, that large painting that we, you know, we noticed and it's, um, and oh, it's a, yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, they're in the, uh, the chapel, the chapel. Of yeah. The, yeah. The and, they, and, 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 and they purposely focused on that and it just slowly kind of moved the camera down. And to me it, it, uh, you know, and it was, a, was it, it was a picture of, uh, well, yeah, it, it was a, basically a, a, um, a painting of Jesus, Jesus and, and, um, I want to say it was essentially his flock. Yeah, no, it's not disciples yeah. or anything no, like that. No, yeah. Um, but it, it definitely invokes a religious uh, um, undertone to this whole thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and there was a scene later on. Yes, that will. Yes, that, that is very will, reminiscent. Will yes, of the pose Jesus's. Yeah, it's in. it's 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 like he's foreshadowing here. There's certain things in here that he purposely does, and rewatching it again, you notice all of these things that you just didn't notice before. You know, um, uh, is this a movie that you feel? People need to watch twice. Yes, well, well, for sure. sure. I say if, if yes, yeah. if 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 listeners have already seen this, watch it again after they listen to us. Um, it, you know, if they've never seen it and they're listening, go go check it out. And I think uh, you know, by the time we're done with this, I think they're going to have you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, because I was guilty of it my, myself. You know, but so so now. Funerals, uh, 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 funerals. Um, they're doing their service. 
Um, uh, Mike's out in the, he's still out in the, um, he's still riding he's still, around he's still on his, his, his dirt bike, which <laughs> yeah. some of these scenes were hilarious. They we're, were. Looking, we're looking at this going, okay, well, we know that's a stunt guy. Does it looks yeah. nothing like, <laughs> looks nothing like him, which is hilarious. Yeah. But he's, uh, he, yeah, yeah, he's still out there. He sees little, uh, those little figures, the little, uh, yeah, the, the, little, the, little, the little dwarf Jawas, the, the, yeah, the, the ripoff of Star Wars here. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, he sees them and they're, and they're, they're hiding behind, you know, he only sees like a part of them. They're hiding behind some of the tombstones. And, and, uh, and in the meantime, we have, uh, I think they have Tommy's body in the, in the, in the casket. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, lowering it down. Everyone's carrying it. Um, and then I think everyone leaves at this point, but, but Mike's still there. He's still there, and I believe at this point he's in the bushes. Yes, with the, with the, the binoc- binoculars. Binoculars, and that's when he sees the the tall man um, basically manhandle the <laughs> six hundred pound coffin into yeah. the into the hearse, toss it in there like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, and then he, uh, I think what, what, it was hilarious. The, the the camera the camera closes up on him, and you hear him like under his breath, "What the fuck?" or something <laughs> like, that. "Yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck." <laughs> But he doesn't he uh, at this point, doesn't he book? Uh, he hops on the bike and and uh, is this where he falls? Does he does he does the tall man get a glimpse of him? And no, no, tall not man at this point? has no idea at that point. Okay, so he's, tall man doesn't. OK, no. so so he I think he he heads home, though, and tells Jody basically immediately after that scene. Uh, that's when we first hear the uh, the theme music. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great music. Yeah. But he heads home. He's talking to Jody about what he's seen, and Jody's uh, no. That's uh, he, way later. No, it's he, way later. He actually goes to the psychic. Yeah. Oh, that's. That, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Do we know the Do we know the names of the of the psychic? Ozzy it's, Osbourne. It's, it's, Oz, it's Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> no, yeah, no, the grandma reminded like, me of yeah, Ozzy Osbourne. She kind of <laughs> did. Uh, we have the we have the grandma and then the and the granddaughter. Um, obviously, um, the grand the do- the granddaughter knows uh, Mike quite well because I'm sure he's come several times before. Oh yeah, you know um, they they have their uh, you know grandma doesn't say a damn word, does she? Not during the meeting with Mike, at least. Nope. No. Uh, it's almost like they're playing it that she can't talk or whatever, and that's yeah. you know. Uh, the the daughter's acting as a conduit for for the the, the mother slash grandmother, um, and uh, Mike is really just asking for advice here. He doesn't want his brother to leave, and yeah. he's just kind of confirming that won't happen if I remember correctly. And then they also give him like a, a quick little trial, you know, to 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 learn how to conquer your fear with yeah. the with the. What what's essentially just a big like finger catcher, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid, yeah. and then yeah. you'll be able to take your hand out. It's yeah. more like think rationally. Don't over. Don't panic. You know, come at the problem with a, a very calm mind, and that's his. That's the lesson he learns here. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And uh, I believe mm. the granddaughter said, you know, it was all in your mind, and so like you know, my interpretation mm. of this is another uh, uh, bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. You know, uh, for what essentially. Is happening in this movie. This is essentially a dream sequence. Yeah, it felt it felt, it felt very much like that. And doesn't at this point he, um, you know, he, he he you know he talks to them about you know about what he saw. Um, and then I th- is it later that evening? He does he at this point does he go back to the the mausoleum because he wants to he wants to check some stuff out, right? He's oh, he's man. I think. After the psychic, I think he, 
I thought he goes back to the the mausoleum. I doesn't he go back I, to the mausoleum? Well, I, I think he point? goes. I think he goes to the mausoleum because I mean he's you know he's talked to them. He you know he knows what he saw, um, and he goes and I know he break, he kicks in the you know he kicks in the the um, the window, um, and starts you know starts investigating. I think actually no. I th- I think uh, I think that's after. Is that I, after? I think that there's no, whole... no, no, there's scenes with the brother. We know that. Uh, yeah. We know that Michael is the one who's really the car guy. Because we see Michael driving, what are, yeah. what are they driving oh that my black God. car? Yeah. You guys would know this. I, I have know this in my know. notes because yeah, I absolutely this. love this car. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a 1971 Plymouth Barracuda. Thank you. Yeah, that's a pretty I would not know car. that. It's a cool looking car. It, it is a it's cool car. It's in black. Now, could you only buy this car in black? No. That, that, well, uh, let's just pretend that that's the only color that was available. <laughs> we, we can do that. Yeah, we can yeah. certainly do that. Uh, the car looks really slick, and we know Michael is the one who can take care of this stuff. Jody has no clue these how this car works yep and then they have a a a scene where he's fixing the car and i think not long afterwards we see jody jam out with reggie i i don't know if this is around the same time around this could be a little bit later Mm -hmm. and then reggie who is you know the friend that we see at the funeral the ice cream man one of the trio jody reggie and tommy tommy who's dead Mm -hmm. um they're kind of jamming out uh jody we learn is like a musician yeah, uh, Reggie yeah. is an ice cream man, but they they played together at some point in the past. Yeah, yeah. And then that scene ends with um, what what's that device where you get the tune? It's a tuning fork. It's literally just called a tuning fork. Tuning Thank fork. you. Which where, is important. Which yes. is important. Yeah. Um, Reggie then you know kind of uses the tuning fork to adjust his guitar. We get a nice little zoom in on the tuning fork doing its little tuning. Uh, vibration sound yeah. thing. So as a musician, uh, essentially a tuning fork, when you when you hit the two tines together, they are uh, spaced and uh, the length of them are such that produces a specific frequency. Uh, when you put it on your music instrument, uh, say a guitar, you then can tune your string accordingly to that. And so what it's doing is it's, it's, it's sending... Um, uh, essentially a wave back and forth between the two tines. And right. that, that is actually uh, causing micro disturbances in the air between the two forks, yeah. which is important later. Oh yeah, it is. Because there is a, a high disturbance factor of, <laughs> of, of air and other manner of stuff that happens later on in this movie. So I always, uh, I always loved this scene with them playing the guitar on the porch. Oh, I loved it. It, it felt, it. it, you know what it felt like to me is that, you know, Coscarelli said, okay, you know, um, uh, we're going to take a break. And, and, and then all of a sudden they just started playing the guitar just as, as they normally would, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, but he was filming the whole time. It's, it seems so damn real to me. It just, it felt so genuine. Um, you know, I just, yeah, I always, I always love to see. Yeah. You know, to me, you know, I mean, so far we've been hit with a, a whole lot of imagery, a whole lot of, yeah. uh, uh, stuff in this movie so far. And, uh, some of it can't, you know, you can't really explain it. It seems very, uh, you know, much like a dream sequence of some kind, yeah. you know, um, this was a calming element to me. It felt um, almost like the most the most realist thing in in the movie. It did, from at least a humanist point of view. Yeah, yeah. I think this scene is very good at uh, giving the audience something real to hold on to. Mm-hmm. It's establishing this film in some sort of reality, like our own. Yeah, 
you know, like yep. look at these people just playing yeah. a couple instruments to pass the time and have a good time. And we can also see that Reggie and uh, Jody don't need to talk to each other. Like J- Reggie just yeah. literally like, rolls up, yeah. grabs his instrument and just like starts playing with them. Starts playing. And they're like, you know, he's just hopping in. Like yeah. they've done this a million times a million before, times. Yeah. you know, yep. you, people can definitely respond to that level of like comfort. So, yeah. you know, they know each other, you know, this is an established world and that these, these characters are real. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, so where are we? So, um, so, uh, um, Mike follows Jody to that bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bar. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. He fall. he, uh, there's a, I mean, this is riddled throughout. We, we know, we know Mike, you know, Mike and Jody's lost, lost their parents. Mike's 13 and he just, yeah, he just, this is this overwhelming feeling that Jody's going to split on him. Yep. I think he, there's a line that Jody says something about how he's going to go and drop him off with, maybe not drop him off, but he's going to go and, and, and give him to his, uh, give Mike, uh, to his aunt. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, parents are gone, you know, your brother is, I mean, you know, um, you know, he definitely has his friendship with Reggie, but I mean, this is, this is his brother's friend. I mean, he, you know, this is it. This is all he has at this point in this, you know, is, is his brother. And so the idea of him leaving him, however you want to look at it, running out on him, leaving him, I mean, that's devastating for him. So it's like through the, through through at least the first half of the movie, he follows him everywhere. There's a sequence where there, where, and, and this is this banks of, of, of Elm street where uh, this, this seems so much like Wes Craven was when he's chasing him and, and Jody's on the, on the, on the bicycle. Mm -hmm. The, 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 the scene itself felt it, it didn't feel real at all. At all, this this completely felt of, of Wes Craven and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and and we know, of course, Elm Street came out years later. Right. Um, but but yeah, I mean, he's got this this overwhelming feeling. Look, my parents are gone, and 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 Jody's maybe going to leave me. So it's like he's falling, he's going and, everywhere. And Mike, I mean, you know, I'm just going to say it. Mike has every reason to uh, feel like he's going to be abandoned. So to me, yeah. Mike is uh, completely justified following around uh, Jody because yeah. it's very clear. Jody is like, man, I'm going to schluff this kid off at uh, the first chance I get. You, you <laughs> definitely get the sense that Jody does love Mike. Yeah. But yeah. Jody also just wants to get on with his life and yes. experience yeah. the country or in the world. Yes. You Big, know, in the yeah. way that he wants to do it. And you can't really do that with a 13, 14 year old kid. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's totally justified in thinking that his brother's gonna split. Yeah. So then we That's have a a sex in a cemetery part two. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. Of. yeah. I mean, uh, Jody picks up the <laughs> the lady in lavender. Damn, and he works fast because it was like ten seconds, and they were out the door. Oh yeah. So you, that guy's got some game. He's got game. He's got game. Uh, I don't think it's. I think <laughs> the tall man is just easy. You know. <laughs> yeah, tall man's probably easy. Oh, it's all about perspective, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're they're back at the cemetery. Uh, they, you know, they're they're getting uh, they're they're doing their thing, and and of course, uh, Mike is in the bushes once again. Uh, you know, uh, peeking at him. You know, this is where the the movie almost feels like a comedy to me. There's like two scenes in particular, this one being one of them. Yeah. Where it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, go um, They're, they're talking, you know, uh, uh, Jody is having sex with this woman. The breasts are revealed, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. They both say the same thing. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, from Mike's perspective, uh, there's those little dwarves following him around. Yeah. And then he yeah. actually sees one. Yeah. Gives him a little scare. And then. Mike like just screams <laughs> across the cemetery 
interrupting Jody, and that whole scene feels like it was played for a laugh. Now, yeah. you guys have seen this movie multiple times. You've seen this five plus times. Yeah. Please tell me what you think about this scene and how I should think about it, because well, it feels so odd. Okay. Yeah. Uh, personally, uh, I thought that this was another uh, moment where uh, Coscarelli is trying to tell the audience that um, that this is a dream sequence specifically because of the, the, you know, when she shows her breasts, mm. you know, and, and, um, Jody says, you know, wow, you know, and immediately after, um, Mike says, wow. And yeah. it almost to me felt like they were one of in the same, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's again, earlier when I was explaining that whole idea, you know, like I've had dreams where I start out in the first person where, I, where I'm actually, it's me and I'm, yeah. and through my eyes, I'm observing something. And then with a split second, I'm suddenly not me. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm definitely someone else or I'm looking at it from the, from above yeah. looking down. And I don't know if in my mind I'm, I'm going, oh, well, there's me, but yet why, you know, I'm up here. I don't know if it's so much of that. It's just that my perspective shifted. And, and so like, to me, that's what it felt like. It felt very much about a perspective shift where it's still Mike dreaming this, you know, so he's seeing the boobs come out and we're seeing, you know, his brother Jody say, you know, whoa, but it's actually Mike saying, whoa, because of witnessing this in his dream. Well, you know, just as simple as us, you know, uh, the, the camera angle, we see Jody on top of this woman, there's no, no way. way in hell where Mike is at in the bushes. Can Could he, he see, see those? That? And that was these that dirty pillows. It, exactly. Know. And that is what is <laughs> <laughs> and that is what it makes me feel like that's possibly yeah, what I, he, what he's trying to get across. Yeah. I think it fails miserably. I agree with uh with you, Donovan. Yeah. I think this scene is laughable. And I laugh yeah. every time it, it, I watch it. Yeah, because I mean, when 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 Mike see, sees these you know these little dwarf thingies, and then he runs out, it was several seconds later. Does, several. Does Jody even respond? Now you could argue the guy had pant- <laughs> with the underwear. Yeah, he had the panties yeah. in his mouth, so you yeah. know he was a little busy. Um, so it took him a little time to react. But yeah, it's. <laughs> It seemed very delayed to me. It did. I don't know. It was it something did. weird. It was a little humorous. It felt like a punchline to a joke you'd see in like a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. He's like screaming for like a long time. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But so that happens. Yeah. They, they, I think um, uh, Jody catches up to him, you mm-hmm. know, sends him. I think he sends him back home. Uh, Jody goes back and with course, the car. With, I mean, the, with the car. We're yeah. just being reinforced that Mike definitely knows how to drive this he, thing he and does. take care of yeah, it. Yeah. He definitely. Yeah. And, and then he, uh, Jody goes back. Of course, the lady in lavender, you know, aka the tall man is gone. You know, uh, he's not getting some, I guess, or no, he's not no. finishing the job. That's it. He's not finishing he the job, to, which is a good thing for him. He can take a cold shower now. <laughs> yeah, you can take a cold shower. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, what, where are we at now? We're back at the. So, Mike's in bed. That's the very oh, next scene. And this is this. an iconic scene. This yes. is an awesome scene. I like this scene a lot. Oh, my goodness. This is the scene where uh, Rick and I earlier were talking about that seems to have a lot of similarity to that painting in the chapel. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great. It, it is because I mean, he yeah he he wakes up and um, the tall man is hovering over him. 
um, which is, I, oh my God, I, I freaking love this scene. I've are always we, love this scene. Are we supposed to think that the tall man and that's, uh, the movie doesn't really explain where these bodies are going. They specifically say, say another planet. Mike says that, but is this like the underworld? Is this an alien planet? Do we know? I think it. You no. mean in general, in or, general or up until not, this not, point? Let's no. ignore the plot. Okay. Let's, we're, yeah. we're just people talking. Yeah. I don't, what the hell is going I th- on? I think that um, Mike actually at least says. So we have to. We can only. We can only infer what okay. we're told. Like, I mean, we can make assumptions, but uh, yeah, that uh, it's an interdimensional doorway. So at least that part of it is yeah. dimensional. Yeah. That leads to this tall man's races planet because when when i see red because when we see the other planet it's like baked in this red filter yeah yeah. i when i see red i always think of like the underworld or hades if we're gonna talk about like greek mythology yeah Yeah. you know uh, the undead yeah probably have a shortage of slaves they need people to torture you know (laughs) like you get that with slave labor just fine i imagine although i don't know I, I, but I like the idea either way. If it's an alien planet, I'm, I'm totally done with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is sort of like alien technology we kind of see with the, the mausoleum disappearing, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. like a Star Trek teleportation type thing. Yeah. Like it's being yeah. phased out of existence like to, or to somewhere yeah. else almost. Right. Right. Um, but there is religious undertones to this. And so, mm-hmm. and I think to your point there, I, uh, there's an argument to be made that uh, that his planet uh, is very reminiscent of something you'd see, like you know, a Hades type of uh, of uh, place. Yeah. Um, Was this filmed in California? Do we know? I don't know. Do you I know? think so. It's okay of, if you don't, because it uh, looked. It just looks like it's at a desert. Uh, and when I damn, you I can't know, remember the the like the terrain of this place feels yeah. a lot like. It's I thought some lifeless. of it. I think some of it was filmed in California. I just don't know how much. I I, I think when they were doing the homework on the mausoleums, I I, I think I remember uh, Coscarelli saying that they would visited a lot of mausoleums in California. I, I thought I thought I, he had said that. So it's possible some of this was filmed in this, California. This movie has multiple sequels, right? It does. Five, four, four. They did four other. Did so you, they did have five. you guys seen those? No, I haven't seen I've all seen of them. I've seen a few of them. Well, I haven't seen you, the very Can last you give one. me like a quick rundown? Does it ex- explain, or just tell me, does it explain any of these questions I'm asking you right now? I think it does a little. It's been so long since I've revisited the sequels. I think I got up to maybe part four. I never saw part five because I, I had heard bad things about it. Um, I think that's around the time uh, Angus Grimm had passed away, which was that one was uh, Phantasm Ravager. Uh, Ravager, I yeah. I'd heard really bad things about it. I remember watching the trailer. It looked really, really bad. And Angus at this point was, uh, I, I think he was he was very old, and I think he was very frail, and it just. It just didn't. It just didn't come across. It didn't have the same feel. You know, this this tall man is this very menacing character, and and if Angus is super old and fragile, it just yeah. there's only so much you can do. Right. You know. Right. You know. So um, to get back to my original point, though, if this is like, is this alien slash otherworldly technology able to affect Michael's dreams because he's in the dream? Now, is that just sort of like this manifestation of Michael's fears or is this the tall man actually being in the dream, Mm. you know, sort of uh, Freddy Krueger style? Yeah, I think it's a manifestation of fear. Okay, Um, because if we were to take the entire movie as a dream sequence, which the movie says so. Yeah. 
um, the, and the, 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 the tall man is in this dream. I, I'm just curious, like, does this actually happen yeah. or is this all just Michael's, uh, you know, him mm-hmm. dealing with is whatever, it, the, I, the trauma of losing his parents and his yeah, brother. Is it, is it possible, Darren? Oh, we didn't even think about this. Is it? And I'm just, I'm just thinking about this, but you know, we, we got all this religious undertones here. We, you know, we know the tall man's character, he, you know, he kind of looks at himself as kind of a God, he right? Does, very yeah, much the so. tall man does does lose in the, the the dream part of the movie, but he wins in in the waking up version of the movie. Yeah. Now it's possible that the tall man is constructing these realities or just choosing the best one for him where he wins. But is it possible that Mike is 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 doing this and and, and in his own way, his you know, we don't know uh, how how religious uh, they were. You know, let, let's say family intact. You know, we know Jody is a lot older, mm-hmm. um, so he probably was doing his thing. Parents died. So, so how do we know, you know, Mike and his parents so, didn't go to church a lot. And so maybe this was his way of, he was creating because mom and dad are now dead and, and, you know, what sort of God will take my parents away from me? Yeah. So he was manifesting this tall man in his, in his vision of what he sees as, as a, as a, you know, a, a God or something, you know, he, you know, he, he's pissed off. His parents are yeah. gone. And so maybe, maybe he's manifested this tall man. I agree with all of that. Um, and I'll say that they actually do make it a point throughout this movie to, um, to infer that there's a, uh, that there's a, a, a religious, uh, component to this because, yeah. They all are wearing crosses. I don't know if you guys have noticed that or not, but Tommy, way back in the beginning, oh. when he's in the cemetery uh, having oh, sex with uh, Lady and Lavender, yeah. he's got a big cross on, on his around his neck. Yeah. Um, in one of the scenes uh, after that, Mike uh, grabs a, a cross necklace off of yeah. his uh, nightstand. Yep, I remember that. Uh, uh, Jody also has a cross around his neck. Oh, I didn't know. So, yeah. so I think we are supposed to infer that. I think we are supposed to have come away with the idea that, uh, that this is a manifestation, you know, the tall man. Uh, yeah. I really like that idea where the tall man is just, uh, Mike trying to run away from dealing with his trauma. Yeah. And then him having to confront it throughout the entire movie. If that's the movie, I'm totally fine with everything being a dream. Yeah. But it does make the, 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 the ending quite sad. Because the tall man does get Michael, and that yeah. I think if if we were to follow this logic, then Michael is not able to best, you know, um, the emotions he's feeling from the trauma of losing his brother or the rest of his family. I right. mean, you know, um, but I certainly like that idea. And if that's the, the what's actually being um, messed around with here in this film, like I, I'm totally down with this movie now, like all of it. And yeah. not just the first 80 minutes or so. I mean, it, if, if, you know, like, I mean, we're, we're kind of spitballing here or, you know, we, we don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't, I have, I've never, I've never either, you know, read anything from Coscarelli or watched interviews where he said that, but it doesn't mean that's not what he was thinking. And, and I also fucking the, love that idea. That doesn't matter, dude. Yeah. A movie is whatever you make, want to make of it. Not talking about all tier theory at all in yeah. this, in this podcast, yeah. but when a movie is out there, you're you're free to have whatever idea you want to have about the movie. Which yeah, yeah, and I and I think that that was precisely what I was going to say. Yeah. It, it it really doesn't matter, at least for me, what Coscarelli says. You know, yeah, it's it's nice to kind of you know to know or to 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 listen to an interview with the the writer director to yeah. get you yeah. know, hey, what what were you trying to achieve there? You know, but yeah. at the end of the day, 
for me, it's what do I get out of this? Yeah. And that is precisely what I get out of this is manifestations of yeah. fear and yeah. how you let go of that fear. Yeah. I like this movie way more now. I already liked the movie, <laughs> it's, but now I'm totally fine with it, even though it does kind of end on and a it's, downer now. And it's so far ahead of, you know, he's so far ahead of, of, of what, you know, filmmakers were doing there. Very much so. You know, cause I, I think the listeners would, if they've seen this before, they probably just went into this thing, watched it and just, dis, you know, I'm not saying dismissed it, but you know, they, they liked it or they didn't like it, but they didn't really, you know, really dive into, to, to what Coscarelli was, was doing here, which is, which is, like I said earlier, is quite impressive. Yep. Quite impressive. <clears throat> I'd be proud if this was my first movie. Oh I mean, it, God, it, it, it already dude, has like one of the, the, the coolest kills ever oh. with like this little sphere oh thing drilling God, a hole in this guy's head and just blood. Those spheres are fucking, they're, they're so damn awesome, man. And the I sound love, effect on this is so cool. Yeah. And I love the, the, the spheres, the, you know, they only, and they only did it once where they, uh, they showed uh, the spheres perspective and yeah. like the camera shifted yeah. from that to like that red black sort <laughs> yeah, of predator yeah. sort of this look. This shit is and, fucking cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that stuff was dope. Yeah. Um, I, it also like those spheres remind me they have three blades, don't they? Two blades and a drill, and then the drill. So it's yeah. kind of like a trident. Yeah. You know, if we're yeah. talking about Greek gods, we you know, are, yes, yes, yeah, Poseidon so. or whatever. I think, um, <clears throat> I think as the uh, sequels went along, I think the spheres changed a little bit. Um, but they became much more, uh, more elaborate. Yeah, yeah. more advanced. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, so you know, back back in seventy eight, seventy nine, when you're you know you're on a short budget, um, you know, you know, you pay someone, and 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 I, I think when I read this, the guy who who built these spheres, mm -hmm. uh, they paid him a decent amount of money. I think for late seventies, uh, he died before the movie came out, so mm -hmm. he he didn't get to see his his work in action, which is a complete bummer. It is, you know, they're great. They're fucking awesome. If you're right? listening, they're awesome. They're fucking awesome. I wish I, I wish they had like did some reproductions of those things. I would definitely, I definitely buy them. I think they're re something cool you put in a little case or Christmas something. ornaments. Oh, oh yes. dude, that's a great idea. That's actually a fucking great idea. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're, so you know, where, where are we at now with? Uh, so we, um, uh, so that cues into the uh, the scene where uh, he's walking down the street in the daytime. And then the tall man is walking on the other side oh, of the street. Yeah. Yeah. Great scene. <clears throat> yeah. Because he, uh, he kind of goes to, yeah, he, he uh, jo Jody goes back to the bar, talks to the bartender. I don't know where the lady went. Right. Yeah. You know, I struck out, whatever. Uh, then, and then, uh, Mike heads, yeah, heads to town. He's got what he's got like a lollipop or sucker. Yeah. Doing his, yeah just kind of <clears throat> chilling. Yeah. Across the street is the, is the, is the tall man. With his, that's a, that's a cool menacing like yeah. walk, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I love that. I love that. Very dreamlike. Yes. Very, he, yes. He stops right uh, uh, behind Reggie's ice cream truck as yeah. Reggie is like, you know, taking ice creams out of his truck, completely oblivious. Yeah. So, I mean, that very much is, is dream sequence. What did you, th what was his, what was that, what was that, I mean, was it just as simple as, you know, it's supposed to convey a dream or what was, it's almost like he, he, he stopped and, and it was like, it was taking something in, like he, he was, was smelling the ice cream, right? Can you, does ice cream smell? I don't know. What the I don't hell think ice cream, doing? ice cream doesn't smell. Uh, like it was the uh, dry ice. The dry ice. He was, he was, he was taking in the dry ice. Yep. <laughs> to me, it was almost like just to uh, stop and stop and smell the roses, you know, and um, 
but bad cool cool yeah. scene yeah, yeah. Very much definitely so. spanked of, of of a dream sequence yeah you know um so so uh what happens uh what happens here i you know uh, where, where are we at? You know, where um, after after this scene with you know with the tall man and, and Reggie and yeah. Mike, where they're in the garage. He's uh, Mike's underneath the uh, the oh, barracuda, he's doing the wrenching work. on it. He's doing the work on the barracuda. Yeah, the the ass end of the car is up on the, the yeah lift. yeah jacked up yeah <clears throat> yeah, and he hears uh, he hears some noises. Yeah, sees does he see the does he see the little the little dwarves? These little I think he kind of sees them. Kind of sees a little, them like a silhouette screen around, but he definitely hears them. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course they're jumping on the car. Yeah, the car not, almost squishes them because because it knocks the um it, it, knocks, it knocks the it jack off the jack, the jack, off mm-hmm. the jack. Yeah, yeah, and then he's pinned under there. He's pinned under there. I really yeah. like that too. Like he wasn't squished, but he was like definitely yeah. put in like a bad spot. Oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I like it when there's consequences to aftermath rather than oh this was scary. I'm glad nothing bad happened. You know, <laughs> yeah. like he was yeah. actually trapped underneath and he had to work to get out. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. and the jury rolls in, and then I think he hits him. He hits him on the foot, on the with, foot. The, with the hammer. <laughs> this is a, this is. I said there was two scenes. This is that. There's actually three. This one feels like it's played for laughs again. Is it yeah. not? Yeah. I'm yeah. not crazy, right? No, it, no, it feels that not. way. Yeah. Like the editing way. is so strange because you get a close up of the foot and then like a very quick cut to his reaction and like a full shot. And he's like got this weird scream going on and saying like, ah, oh. it just yeah. feels very goofy. And this, I don't like the, the, the dramatic shift in tone goes back to like this idea to like, this is a dream. Mm-hmm. Like there's these, like the, the, it's too dramatic to, to, to yeah. not be like fake in some way. Yeah. It has to be. Because I mean, dreams do that. Dreams shift from yeah. ridiculously yeah. funny to just completely, you know, it's true. And, it, and, it, and again, it could, it could be, you know, it could be something that, you know, uh, Mike is, is maybe think, thinking about a, it could be as simple as, is, is he thinking back about it? Uh, maybe something that happened between him and Jody when he was, when he was younger, you know, and, and I don't know. And this is like a reaction of I'm hit him on the, you right. know, Jody did something to him, made him mad and he hit him on the foot with a hammer, but he's, you know, he's seeing it differently because he's, he's, you know, implementing the, you know, these dwarves, the tall man, all of these different things, you know? So it's also so Looney tunes. You hit, a cartoon with a hammer, <laughs> yeah, they get a yeah. big boo boo, and that's the joke, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, yeah. but uh, Jody does not believe anything was in no. the garage, no, he's having a hard time. especially not like little, little men and like, yeah, capes well, at or, this point, he's not believing much of, yeah, what, of what no. Mike is saying, yeah, both reason. I mean, his brother just lost, like, he, he knows stuff is going on with, with Mike, yeah. you know, he's willing to yeah. let you know the weird stuff happen as a way to sort of deal with. The, the passing of the parents. Yeah. Now, is this scene immediately after when Michael then goes to the mausoleum? Yeah, he does. Yes, he does go to the mausoleum at this point. Okay. Really quick, uh, yeah. before I forget, um, what do you two think of uh, the name of this uh, mausoleum? It's called Morningside. What are your What are your thoughts on? It's uh, it's very reminiscent of this whole idea of dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're waking up. Uh, the next morning on the other side of nights. Yep. Right. Morning side. Yep. Um, yeah. It's good. It's a good name. What do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think it's a great interpretation. I do too. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly, I didn't, um, there's also like a pun going on because morning could also be morning with a U Uh you're on the, you're on on the side of dealing with the death of, of, of of someone you've lost. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a really good name. Good job, dude. It's a great take yep. on it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so we're at the mausoleum. Mausoleum. Uh, Mike kicks in the. This is where he kicks in the, the basement window. Basement window. Does does his in, investigating. Um, you know, he's he's walking around. He hides in the coffin. Hides in the coffin when he when he hears the it's so tall smart man's. with the uh, the little lighter Dude, propping yeah. everything up. Mike, yeah. Mike is super smart. He's <laughs> really fucking smart. Yeah. Well, we find out he's like basically MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's MacGyver. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so he he runs away from the the tall man's creepy looking minion guy. I I don't know what this guy is. Yeah, um, I don't think we're supposed to know. It almost feels call him like dead man number one. Dead dead man number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I, is that guy supposed to be a human? I think he I think um because he, he gives out red blood, so he, he's definitely not an alien. He is definitely human. He's not been obviously squished down and turned yeah. into a Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, I just thought he was just the tall man's henchman. So this yeah. is supposed to be like a guy working for him. He's recruited or, him or something. I don't know. Or some guy that maybe there's like some liaison connection that we don't see where he's able to supply like bodies. Perhaps. Oh. We don't know. Yeah. True. Because there's a scene later on where Reggie says that, he, that there's some girls there that he didn't know who the hell they were. They were still alive and he let them out. Yeah. So maybe that's what's happening here. Yeah. True. Yeah. There could be like a supply of live people. Yeah. To the to the tall man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so uh, uh Mike hides. Um you know, he's in yeah, he's one one he's in the casket. Uh you know, tall man comes into the room with his minion, I don't know, you know. <laughs> gives him a look, they leave. Mike comes out, um and he's uh he's still uh well, he investigates. He's, he's yeah, investigating he's walking through the halls. Yeah. yeah, he's walking through the halls and and then I think this is where we're intra um is this are, are we um we know that he he's confronted by you know the this minion. The the henchman grabs him from behind. Yeah, grabs is him. attempting and, to hold him there. Yeah, and then when the yeah we got the spear. The spear starts coming. Yeah, the spear starts coming because because he's because he's uh, he sees the spear and then he uh, it's coming towards him. It's coming pretty fast and he. And he and he jumps. To, he basically falls to the ground, and the and the sphere goes past him, which is fucking. I love this part. Uh, and I, you know, there, there's a part here that uh, I don't know why I I just hyper focused on it. It was just really gross to me. That's <laughs> when he bit the guy's arm. Yeah, there was just an awful lot of blood, and I'm like, yeah. spit it out, man, spit <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that grossed you out more than like the urine coming out of the guy. Yeah, the <laughs> urine. I love that. Yeah, scene. after the minion gets, yeah. he gets speared. Yeah, he gets speared. This is a pretty damn cool death. I yeah, mean, there is, there isn't many, I, I, you know, but this one is is really cool. We watched Dead Dead Alive, and this uh, that has so many good like kill scenes. Yeah, I mean, this is up there for me. I just, I just love the idea that the way you kill them isn't necessarily through the drill. It's by like excavating all their blood, (laughs) you know, and it just like comes out in this giant, like tube, like flow. (laughs) It kind of grossed me out a little bit. bit. It's really creative. I just like it a lot. Yeah. But yeah, that happens. And then uh, the tall man starts chasing Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mike is able to sort of go back the way he came lock the door which for some reason has like a lock on the side you wouldn't want a lock to be on you know like the old school lock where you put a plank of wood yeah plank of wood yeah and then the tall man gets fingers like caught and this is another scene that seems like it's played for like like a laugh kind of because the tall man seems impatient because his fingers are just kind of like chilling there yeah yeah. uh you know kind of thumping away and then mike 
The great move. Mike is so cool. Mike just chops off the fingers. Chops off the fingers. And then we get, uh, all four digits are gone. And then we see yellow blood come out instead of red yeah. blood. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of like our second big hint that there's something up with the tall man. Yeah. And then Mike very, very astutely grabs one of the, the digits, um, puts it in his pocket, and then gets the hell out of there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Heads, heads back home, uh, tells... Uh, um, well, he falls asleep first. He falls asleep with a shotgun on the stairs. <laughs> he does. Oh, and then Jody comes in, <laughs> sees what's happening, smartly takes out the shotgun, removes every single uh, live shell, and then wakes Jody up. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, make, wakes Michael uh, why, up. Why Mike? Yeah. Why and him? then I think Michael kind of has a freakout scene. I don't quite remember what happens here. Well, doesn't he, he show? Yeah, he shows them. He no, tells that's them. that's the next morning. Because this is another, this is a okay. scene I'm talking about where it's definitely played for a laugh. Like, is this movie no. like secretly a comedy? So no, no, I think, I think he, you know, he's, he's on the stairs. I mean, wouldn't you have come home after this had happened? And even though I'm, yeah, my brother's not believing me, but come on. I thought at this point he had the, I thought he had the finger. No, no, well, no. Well, he, I thought he did too. It was in because a he, he shows he the it. finger in the morning on the porch where they were playing music before. No, 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 he, no, no. He's on the stairs with the box. Oh, yeah. And well, I, shit. Then what the hell? I yeah, mean, it's okay. I thought it's it was okay. at that point. Well, it, it definitely there was the scene on the porch the next morning, and I, that's where he shows the finger, she, and then Jody very deadpanly says, "Well, I believe you. I believe you now. <laughs> right, right." I, for the life of me, cannot remember what occurred after he removes the shells out of the shotgun. Uh, Gosh, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, cannot honestly yeah, remember. Yeah, Unbelievable, it's okay. guys. I know, uh, I know. All three yeah. of us. All three of us can't. That's okay. I'm That's disappointed okay. in all you guys about myself. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, we we know, you know, we know he's cut the, the fingers off of the tall man. We know he's... He's he's put him he's put it in a box. Yeah. He uh you know he tells uh Jody the story, you know, and then shows you know Jody the box and yeah the the fingers. I always thought the finger would be gone or be, be something. It would. You I'm know. so happy that it's there. I am too. And nothing yeah. weird has happened with the finger. Yeah. And I'm, because like now Jody's on board. Jody's. We on don't board. need to play like the song and dance where the brother like still doesn't know or still doesn't believe Michael. I'm because I hate that. I hate that so much when a character. Like it goes through so much and he's like, nope, I don't believe you. I'm sorry yeah, for some like yeah. stupid plot related reason. Right. Jody just like is like, yeah, I all <laughs> this crazy shit you said, this finger moving and with like yellow blood around it. Like that's all I needed from you. Right. I'm not, we're on the same page now. And then I think uh, Jody's then like, well, I'm going to go to the mausoleum now. Yeah. And then th- he brings uh, a cult. He leaves a shotgun with Michael. Yeah. And he tells yeah. Michael to stay put, right? Which or he never getting... seems to do. Okay. He never does, right? Yeah, for good reason, because <laughs> Michael knows that we shouldn't be splitting up, dude. I have dude, experience here. we talked about this earlier. Yeah, Why the hell do they always split everybody up? Well, because it's what you did in a horror it's movie. It's what you do in a horror movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can tell you that ain't happening with me, man. If, if stuff but, isn't right, I am surrounding myself with as many people as possible. But there was a scene <laughs> in between that uh, when the uh, the finger turns, turns into, into that weird, yeah. the ridiculous fly thing with the red yeah. eyes. I really do not like this. This is one no. part of this movie that I find 
almost a special effect distraction. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, it's all in the acting, right? Yes. Uh, like they were just yes. telling the actors, flail wildly with this denim jacket. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's really I, bad. I feel very bad. It would be okay if they did something with the camera, but it's really just one long extended cut every single time they do it, yep. where they just say flail arounds and then pretend like this this fly is very this strong. Flies, and, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's goofy. It, Again. It just didn't this, work for me at this all. This goes back to, is this movie a comedy for me? There's just there's just so many of these like little things that feel like they're playing them up a little too much. Right. And this feels like one of it because I you don't like go away from this scene like to, to remove yourself from the movie. Imagine you're making it where you're just not like laughing your ass off at this, <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is it's just so silly. Yeah, yeah so it happens. Reggie pops in. Yeah, they um, throw they throw the fly in the garbage disposal. What twice? I think. Yeah, yeah. It's a very he even stabs. Fly. He even stabs the in the garbage disposal with, with the knife. Oh, with yes. a butter knife. With a butter though. knife. Oh, oh, that was a butter knife. Oh, definitely yeah, a butter knife. That's really gonna you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then then yeah, Reggie comes in, freaks out, um, and 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 then I th- doesn't uh, I doesn't uh, Jody end up going back to he, the yeah so I mean, then Jody goes back to the mortuary to investigate yeah uh, he goes through the same basement window same bit ba- yeah he yeah Mike tells him hey look it's kicked out yep. yeah yeah uh, there's a, a creepy dwarf Jawa uh, in there jumps on his back oh yeah immediately uh, he let's see after a little bit of a struggle. He manages to angle his uh, his gun in a weird yeah. way, kind of. What is that? Is that some John Wick way? I don't know. Some, some John Wick way, yeah. Um, sh- shoots it, uh, and then I believe shoots it again. Yeah, shoots I think it a it, lot. Sh- yeah. He did shoot I think it. It's like a full dope, clip. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. A full clip, yeah. Uh, and then he uh, runs away, and I believe the, the hearse chases after him at that point. Also, really smart for Jody to just get the hell out of there. Yes. A lot of other people would have just like continued to like <laughs> search the place. And I believe during that scene, um, well, t- I, let's see. I, I think I, I think I put in my notes that I felt like the hearse because in, in certain parts of this movie, uh, they talk about how uh, no one's driving the hearse. Yeah, at least not yeah. during this scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I kind of feel like the uh, like the lady in lavender. The hearse is another manifestation of the tall mm-hmm. man. We I do find so. out that the hearse is being driven by one of the dwarves at the end of the scene. Yeah. 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 But yeah, because and, and, and so he's being so Jody's being chased. Um, then we see uh, Mike rolls up in the in the Barracuda and he's not sure at first, too, because he doesn't see he doesn't see Mike. And right. he goes to the well, because the windows are tinted out. Yeah. yeah. And so he yeah. goes to the side of the passenger side and, you know, and and Mike's like, yeah, dude, get your ass in the car. You know? Yep. And yeah, Mike's the best. He is. Yeah, very yes. yeah, very res- resilient man. He's uh, yeah. I had read that uh, he learned how to drive on the set in that car. That's, that's pretty, cool. That's pretty cool. That's Isn't that pretty cool. That's, yeah, that's, that's a great cool. place to learn how it, to drive. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But yeah, we have some crazy like shootout from the Barracuda. Yeah, targeting the hearse. Yep. The hearse doesn't explode yet, but it does crash in a tree after getting a bunch of like shotgun shells blown into it yes yeah correct because yeah. they i believe they, they blew the tire blew the, no they blew the hood blew the hood and the then hood the, did they blow the tire the one? tire was later later oh later okay yeah. yeah yeah then it and then yeah they discover that there's a, a dwarf jawa um and it was <laughs> driving the jawa. it mean, was driving the, the hearse they had made these dwarfs look different i, I don't know yeah yeah they could have put something else for like the clothing something, the clothing is right? what does it it if really it wasn't does. brown yeah 
Yeah, yeah they could have. Yeah. Uh, it turns out to be their friend Tommy. Yeah, yeah. I think at this point, yeah, they 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 realize uh, that th- that the, the you know the tall man is shrinking these. And it's an interesting bit of uh, on this scene. Interesting bit of I don't know science, if you will, um, because uh, as uh, so Reggie's now there, and um, Reggie and Jody are are uh, pulling. Tommy now dwarf yeah, Jawa out yeah. and and uh, the, I think Reggie makes a reference to the fact that he's three and a half feet tall but still weighs like two hundred pounds. Yes, he does. Which I don't know. It's a kind of a bit of little science, kind of nerd physics, you know, thing going it's on. It's like there. the mass was condensed. Yeah. Right. Yep. So all the weight is still there. Yep. Yeah. It's a funny idea. <laughs> it I kind of like it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I catch it before, but I caught it this time. I'm like, yeah. oh, interesting. Yeah. Throws them in the in in Reggie's ice cream truck because they, they are yeah. just getting like shrunk. They're not losing anything. They're not losing mass. It's They're, weird. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So they 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 put uh, Tommy. Uh, dead slave Tommy into the ice cream truck. Yep. Yeah. Drive off, and then they drive drive off. Is it? It's to uh, Reggie's house. Is it? Right? Is it I, because Reggie has like a nanny or someone there. What is that? Is oh, is that his yeah. house? Because this woman comes out and it's like. What? I thought it was Mike and Jody's house. No. It's okay. Oh, do you, I thought it was Mike and Jody's house and that they, they just now introduced the presence of this nanny or this housekeeper. This, if this movie really was like deserving of the three hour runtime, yeah. a lot of, lots of easy cuts here. I mean, she could have been explained somewhere else. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought, yeah, maybe it but was I thought it Reggie's was, house, but I thought it had something to do with like Reggie. Like I almost thought it was his mom at first, but they didn't look anything alike. Like, no. I just I just don't know who this person was. I don't know it certainly either. does uh, su- uh, seem to suggest that uh, Reggie knows this person. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's assume it was his house. Yeah. Yeah. We could. Yeah. And then this is where they start to formulate a plan to sort of deal with all the stuff, right? Well, they get a little weirded out. Uh, Mike realizes their dead parents are there, and that the parents yeah. mightn't actually be mm-hmm. dwarf Jawas. <laughs> dwarf Jawas. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That sucks. Yeah. So, so, um, do they, is this where they, they kind of cut, yeah, they come up with another plan. And is this another situation where, where Jody is going back to the mausoleum by himself? Because, because he never seems to want to take, uh, Mike anywhere. Well, anywhere. Correct. (laughs) And I mean, it's, I think it's in his, uh, I don't know, his zeal to, uh, to want to protect, uh, Mike. He, uh, he, you know, part of his plan at the end there is, oh, no, 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 you know, we're, we're going to take Mike to the antique shop. Yeah. What was this? Su- Susan? Sally? Su- Sally? <laughs> Sally? Sally's With antique shop? Susan. <laughs> With her friend Susan. Oh, okay, Susan. Sally, yeah. Susan, yeah. The, yeah. the antique shop. Yeah, drop, drops him off. Drops him off there with these, eh, you know. Actually, very, uh, very attractive uh, ladies. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that total, the total... Uh, Feathered hair uh, from yep, from the seventies or eighties. Oh man! I was waiting for the satin jacket to come <laughs> out and like the roller skates. Yeah, because weren't they driving? They were driving a Volkswagen Bug. They were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and what I found interesting about this was, um, uh, at least to my recollection, the first movie I've ever seen where they introduced the idea of a photograph that uh, suddenly comes to. Life a la Hogwarts. Yep. Yeah. That's all I thought was like Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, that has to be where 
that idea came from. I don't remember ever seeing anywhere else. Doesn't mean it didn't. I I don't it's recall. Possible. But yeah, yeah. I I I like that scene a lot. Yeah. So you know, he finds the picture of a. Like uh, well, yeah, like it's it's framed as a very old photo. Right. So the the tall man has been around for like at least a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Um. Also, it just it, assuming this is all in a dream, and it is. Mm-hmm. That it's possible that that photo didn't actually move, but rather it was just Mike imagining it moving. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just him being very freaked out by this tall man and thinking that the tall man can see him at all times, yeah. no matter where he is. True. Dreams or in just a random photo. Right. Yep. So, um, yeah, but so. yeah, so uh, I think uh, Mike is then forcing Sally and friends and Susie. to... Sally, is it Sally and Susie? Sally and Susan doesn't... Sally and Susie. Sue, I, I, I just remember I Sally because I, I, for whatever reason, I respond to that name. But it's, 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 yeah. they're it's, driving. It doesn't matter, man. I know. These characters, you see them I for know. like a minute, they I go know. away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he, conv- he's like, look, we got, yeah. we got to leave. Um, you know, so, so he convinces them. They, they, um, you know, they hop in the, they, the, the bug, they're driving. Um, I think this is where they come to, um, Reggie's turned over, um, ice cream truck. Right. Um, so these slave guys must be very strong, um, because, uh, in a previous scene, we see that Reggie was driving, I think, back to uh, Jody's to meet up with Jody because when Reggie got back to Jody's, they were then going to go to the mausoleum and then raise some hell. Um, But Reggie doesn't get there because the slave starts making a ruckus and is apparently able to escape the truck and flip it over and, you know, supposedly take care of Reggie in the process. Yeah. So here's a question for uh, you guys. I don't know. Maybe you can um, shed some light on what you guys thought. Um, In my notes here, I, 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 I wrote that there's a scene in between this where uh, Jody's sitting in the living room and he lays back and closes his eyes, yeah. which suggests to me that Jody th- is now now goes to sleep. Yes. Okay. Um, then imme- immediately after that, the scene changes to him sitting on a couch in the mortuary halls. Okay. Yeah. Um, is Jody dreaming or is this mm. an extension of Mike dreaming? Um, the tall man is walking toward him is, uh, his, you know, then arms bust out of the mortuary walls above Jody and grabs yeah. him and pulls him up yeah. and, and through. And he wakes, and does he wake up at that point? The next scene, he's back in the living room yeah. and all throughout this hmm. scene where they go from here back to, uh, um, Reggie and then the Volkswagen yeah. with the Sally and the Susie. Yeah. Um, Jody seems to have this I don't know. It almost seems like he's daydreaming. He's got this really hazed look on his face. And and yeah. I always thought it was interesting. He always has a dazed look on his face. Right? <laughs> he, he Jody's does. just like this he very does. cold dude, you know? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. always like, hey, man, nothing's really a, an issue, right? <laughs> he just I'll got done smoking a joint. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just really like this idea that this movie presents that uh, you can weaponize dreams. Yeah. And even if it doesn't cause physical harm, you can cause like psychological harm. Yeah. You're making them think about a problem or think about something that might frighten them. And for Jody, it's confronting whatever the hell's at the, at the mausoleum. Yeah. Um, and if you take this whole movie as a dream sequence, then you can sort of think about it as the tall man just is invading everyone's dreams. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's his way. And some it's, it's part of his process to get these uh, people into slave labor mm-hmm. you know i i don't know exactly what it's accomplishing but it's it's happening yeah 
Uh, that's kind of all I have to contribute for that specific point that a tall man is just able to weaponize dreams in some fashion. Yeah. Yeah. So we know, uh, we know Reggie, uh, Reggie's the truck's turned over. Reggie's gone. Um, these I, Mike, uh, Mike comes back to the, the car, Susie and Sally. I mean, you know, well, he investigates, you know, yeah. uh, he sees that cause Michael was there when they put in the Jawa into the ice cream <laughs> truck. <laughs> Darren said it five times. I'm so sorry, more man. funny I, I said it. I know. It's um, just, it cracks me up. But you know, the Jawa was able to take out the lock from like inside the truck, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. escape. So he knows that Reggie's probably dead and that Jawa has escaped. Um, and so he goes back to the buggy where uh, the, the two girls are. Yeah. And then he goes, he gets in the car and then that's when they get attacked yeah, by, they, yeah. by a couple of the Jawas. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the slaves. Yep. The, the dwarves. <laughs> the, the mini We're going to call them Jawas oh from gosh, this you, point forward. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> um, the, yeah, so they're, they're, they're attacked. They're taken. Um, and then Mike heads back home. Um, he and, books and again, it. huh? He, he books it. He just runs yeah, he it, books, right? He gets back home. And of course, you yeah. know, <laughs> Joe, Joe, uh, Jody's there chilling, you know, tells how, him how long was he kind of wait? I, I don't is know. My question is, because how long has he been there yeah. just sitting around? <laughs> well, it's not going to take happening. you like out, like Reggie hours to come back. At what point do you just start yeah. to figure out what the fuck is going on yeah. or just go to the mausoleum? <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, Mike does make it back, and then this is the scene where uh, Jody locks, yeah, he Mike locks, into yeah, the room, yeah, locks Mike in the room, puts the he he, the, he screwdriver. Uh, the screwdriver into the yeah into the into the frame. Now this is like one of those like old school ideas that maybe you guys were familiar with, but I've never fucking heard seen this where you're able to lock a door with like so a screwdriver. <laughs> okay, um, I have not seen that either. Uh, okay. In all of my history, I've not yeah, seen I've that. Seen I actually, when I when I watch that scene, I question that. I'm like, would that actually work? I think it would depend on where the door is opening from. Yeah. Because maybe you're able to sort of lock it in place if you can't push it open. Yeah. I well, I thought that. maybe like, okay, as the door is starting to swing out away from the jam, yeah. if you cram a screwdriver in there now the door no longer has the clearance to and it just yeah. gets caught on the jam because you've now yeah. i don't know uh, yeah i mean it's it's convenient i mean now he can't you know you know jody's gonna leave he doesn't want mike following him but did you notice that and um i uh, did you notice on the his wall so on on mike's in his bedroom on, on in his wall he had I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a cork board or what it was. It was a cork. Was it cork board? Yeah. On the cork board, there were a couple flyers and and there was one and we couldn't make out what the image was, but we looked closely. It said the great American dream. Again, it could have been, it could be absolutely nothing, but I don't think so. I think that meant something. The key word there being dream. Yeah. You know, and then there was another one. It was a hand. It was it literally oh, looked. Well, it was on the corkboard. It was on the corkboard next to this just, other. Just a hand. Yeah, just a hand. Oh, was it the same red print that the psychic had? Oh. Oh, maybe. Yes. Oh. Yep. That's See, what it was. Yeah. And and we know the hand is it, it, it kind of important. I mean, we know the the tall man is you know his fingers have been his fingers have been cut off, and then and then. After after Mike goes all MacGyver on us and and and, <laughs> and, and 
take he, he what is he he takes that shotgun shell and I mean a you have and... you have the hammer <laughs> just slam the door a couple times I know but it's true I mean it's cool I just how does that work is the tack somehow creating a spark to ignite so the gunpowder there's no fucking way that's happening so please the, the, I think the idea bathroom. is the tack is the uh, the uh, what do you call it? the pin yeah. that, that would be oh. in a gun. But you ignite the the the, the gunpowder. That's what's happening in a gun, right? Well, well. So the the, the pin hits the um, there's a there's a charge. Okay. There's basically, a charge that makes at more the sense front then. end of uh, you know where the pin actually hits, and mm-hmm. that's what starts the okay reaction. So you think this is possible, right? Uh, I think it's ridiculous. That's I'm not even sure that dude. that would even occur. Uh, this is no like way. how do you get the tack? This is some MythBusters stuff. Through the metal. <laughs> through this the, is Breaking Bad shit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. the back of the shotgun shell is metal. How? I mean, how do you get the? He he seemed to just push the shotgun shell onto the tack, and it. <laughs> See, again, back to a dream. This is dream logic. I know. As long as there's like some sort of basis for your brain to go there, it's going to go there and it's going to be a solution. Yeah. So we just accept it. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I'll be honest. (laughs) The only thing I've noticed in the home was the chair that Jody sits on because that's like a $5,000 MCM inspired chair. Yeah. I know that chair because I've seen that a million times when I was trying to run a, a, a furnish the condo. Oh yeah. 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 Th- I know how expensive that chair is. Even replicas of that chair <laughs> yeah. run like a thousand dollars. Oh my wow. goodness. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Def- Jody definitely didn't buy that with his like band money. That's definitely <laughs> like a relic money. from like, yeah, they only have like one song. It's only three quarters of the way finished. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then let's see. So, so Mike gets out, uh, you know, grabs, Oh, grabs the gun and he heads out the door and there's the tall man. I, I, I like this scene too. Yeah, like he was waiting for him. But he does the I thing with his gr- I think yeah. he grabs him by the scruff. Yeah, he grabs him by the scruff. Yeah, like but, a little puppy yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. But he makes he makes it a point to to show him his hand, you know, that it's, you know, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm okay. You yeah. know, after you cut off my fingers, I'm still all right. But yeah, he throws his ass in the hearse. He does right by the scruff. <laughs> by the scruff. And so there, he's heading back to the to the the the, uh, the monastery, mm-hmm. Mon- yeah, mortuary. I'm sorry, monastery, mortuary, yeah, monastery, mortuary. <laughs> with uh, all the Buddhist monks, yeah, with all the Buddhists, uh, <laughs> right. the, yeah. yeah he's, he's heading back, um, and uh, I think Mike takes, uh, you know, he's trying to get out, takes the gun. He uh, does. He shoots the back window, yeah, which gives him his escape route, and then he shoots the wheel well or where the is. wheel yeah. we, he thinks would be. Which yeah, good shot. Why man. not just shoot the tall man in the back of the head? <laughs> I know. I was thinking that. Well, we know, but I mean, come on, but we know. That, no, you try uh, it at the very know. least. I guess. Maybe yeah. he doesn't want yeah. the, the hearse to go out of control like, and flip over. It's as true. opposed to like shooting out the tire and quickly escaping really fast. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> it's so silly. I just wanted... Mike is smart. He's supposed to be smart. Try shooting him in the head. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He gets out, though. But yeah, and, he escapes and, it, and the, the hearse explodes. Hits a, what is it? Hit a tree or something? Like a telephone pole. Telephone pole, yeah. Yeah. Immediately and explodes. And Tom Man is supposedly dead at this point. Yeah, we have no reason to think he's not dead, right? Yeah, except for him well, being a tall I mean, man. Yeah, first yeah. of all, it's a horror movie, so we know he's not dead. Yeah, you know, so but the, Mike should think he's dead. He blew up. He's yeah, on fire. Yeah, he blew up. Um, yeah, then he makes his way to Back the, the mortuary, and this is where everyone just kind of conveniently reconvenes, well, right? So, so yeah. Jody, there's a scene where Jody goes and pulls the parents' coffin out, and he opens it up, but he doesn't want to look. Yeah, he doesn't want to look. He yeah. just and he shuts the coffin and is like. 
Yeah, yeah. Jody is a smart dude. Like, this isn't going to make you feel better. No one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good on you, Jody. That's some good, good, good shit. Yeah, but Mike, Mike gets back to the uh, to the mortuary, and um, but he sees the. You know, he walks around and he sees the he sees that that yeah. the casket, and, and that's because <laughs> Michael can't escape like his, his like his past trauma. Yeah, he just can't. He has to confront it, and he has to keep uh, 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 mourning over it, um, and he just can't get over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Notice his parents. Uh, you know, no one's in there, and he's just gonna feel bad again. More reasons to feel bad. Yeah. So then, doesn't he? Uh, he finds Jody. Then there's a scene of the the sphere uh, oh, yeah. with the spheres like yeah. perspective, the yeah. whole red and white. Perspective. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Terminator shit, right? Terminator. Now. This is a yeah. total. But also Terminator, when, like, predator stuff, you know. But Jody also has like his action hero moment where he just takes the shotgun. That is actually a pretty badass scene. <laughs> it dude. is a pretty cool scene. One shot, yeah. dude. That's yeah. all he needed. Yeah. And then he like. You know, he grabs his brother and like <laughs> shakes First him all, a little did bit. Did you see that shot? That was a pretty good shot. No, right. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Again, this this movie feels just so strange. Like, I think it, I, it. Now that we're talking about it, it feels very intentional to have like these changes in tone kind of happen frequently, but sporadically. Or I'm sorry, quickly but sporadically, because this is like this is your action hero scene in this small horror, like psychological horror movie. Mm -hmm. It's so out of place, but it happens. Yeah. It has to be because, you know, it's, it's fake. Yep. It feels like a movie and I think it's supposed to feel that way. Yeah. 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 At what point do they do? And don't they, um, uh, me back up with uh, Reggie. So Reggie shows back up. Yeah, because we they're, think we think Reggie's dead. They're yeah. right at the door, and Reggie just kind of conveniently pops up there. Yeah, totally yeah. fine. Says like, "Hey, I had this whole adventure while you guys were doing yeah, your own thing. Yeah, this yeah. is where he saved some women. Yeah. yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. It was there that I started to really fixate on those uh, the seven godheads uh, above the door. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really think it's kind of interesting this whole idea of uh, of the tall man seeing himself as a god that's above you know mm. puny little mortal humans you know yeah. like you know when you die you don't go to heaven you come to me yeah i shrink your ass down <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. exactly what he's doing yep yeah yeah like he has agency over their entire lives both before and after yep. yeah 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 so they get they they get to the the door they get to the door, you know, open it up, but they see all those can what are the canisters? Like fifty five gallon drums, all yeah, big drums, and yep. they see the Heisenberg money. Heisen, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's when Mister White hit every yeah, the rest of his money. It is, yeah, all yeah. eleven million. <laughs> <laughs> and then they they see the um, they see the, the I, I mean I you know very 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 similar to the tuning fork. They got you know they got these yeah. It's like a I, I don't know. They look like almost like metal poles coming out and yep. Sorry, that's exactly what they are. Yeah. That, that is essentially a, a, a giant tuning fork. And I think yeah. the idea here is uh, going back to the tuning fork uh, a little close up uh, when they were on the porch. Yeah. Uh, the idea here is that uh, th- these two poles are uh, resonating at some certain frequency, which is, you know, kept open this interdimensional door to the tall man's yeah. planet. Yeah. And then um, they... They go to kind of you know take a look and and doesn't in this point Mike doesn't Mike so he, Mike he, is over there at the yeah. at the doorway the, yeah. the, the 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 you know the two poles yeah um, Reggie and 
uh, Jody are still over looking at the drums or like looking <laughs> inside the drums. Yeah. Um, and I believe, uh, Mike turns around and his hand kind of yeah. goes through the doorway and that's when he realizes, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, then starts messing with it. Yeah. It puts his hand in and out, in and out, and then falls, falls, falls through and kind of just almost like he's hovering there and sees this, this other dimension or planet. And it's, it looks like just desolate. It's, it's like rocks and these slaves yep. and they're walking in just almost like a path, they you are. know? Yeah. They're, they've got a bunch of, uh, the, the 50 gallon drums already. Yeah. yeah. And they're just walking in a line, just, uh, pushing yeah. these, uh, barrels. Barrel, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I think, uh, Jody grabs them. Correct. Yeah. Grabs them, bring, yep. brings him back. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was yeah, spacing out. Uh, just, I was just thinking like the Tom is such a good business here. He's like literally just like printing money. Cause he just, he, it seems like he has a monopoly on like the slave market. Yeah. You know, like having direct access to earth, mm -hmm. getting like hundreds of bodies apparently all the time. Yeah. Dude, he just, he must be right ra raking in the money. <laughs> Assuming like this is his whole enterprise. It's possible. He's just like a middleman or like an employee. But if, yeah. if not, this guy's got it made. Yeah. He's yeah. even having sex on the job. Dude, it's, <laughs> from a different perspective, like a tall man is like just dealing with like these meddlesome kids interrupting his business. Yeah. Mike's good at it's that. It's all very Scooby-Doo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You, I would have yeah. gotten away with it too if it weren't for you. It weren't for you. Yeah. Mike, Mike is, I mean, he definitely shows the resolve. I think that's the thing through this that, you know, you know, if you look at it, if you look at the the tall man, I mean, you know, the, the wearing the black, the represent, representation of, of death, but he, I think he appreciates this resolve that Mike shows because this, you know, he takes care of everyone else, but this damn kid, it's just one thing after another with this little bastard. But I think in some way, he, yeah, you know, he's got a little bit of, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, I'm not saying appreciation for it, but you know, yeah. He, he definitely, yeah, so. It is very Scooby-Doo. Very much know? so. Or like a cartoon almost. Yeah. Like this little kid is able to take down like this whole yeah. situation where adults couldn't. Adults were just uh, kind of victims to it. But then you've got this 13-year-old kid, Mike, able to sort of figure everything out. Yeah. And then sort of take it down. But what a racket, right? If you think about it, you're, you're you know, as as this, this tall man and, and, I mean, you just have a an abundance amount of, of dead bodies all the time because, well, hell you're, a, you're a mortician. Yeah. You know, uh, people are always dying. So, I mean, it's corner it, of the market. It's yeah. It's got a good little setup there. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. It kind of all goes to hell because of this one kid. <laughs> well, the, yeah. The little kid. <laughs> yeah. Funny. But so then, so they get, they get Mike out of there and then I think the lights go. So, yeah. A little bit of ruckus. I understand they, yeah. why the lights went out. I, I don't yeah. get why the lights went out. Was it was it just to deliver the scene where there's a bit of chaos and nobody yeah, knows so. what's going on? Yeah. Is that what it yeah. was? It I mean, definitely feels like it was just a contrivance to have some stuff happen, to to teleport characters to certain situations. That's what it felt like to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Because they all essentially go there. They split up. I mean, they're split up once again. Well, so if I remember right... Uh, did, um, wasn't there a scene in there when uh, Mike like hits yeah. his hits his lighter, oh, and yes. then there's yeah. a Jawa right yeah. in front yeah. of him. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, then 
they start talking, you know, where are you kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and then the lights come back on and Mike and uh, Jody are not there, but Reggie's there alone in the yes. room. Yes. Yes. Cause that's, yes. And that's when he has the realization about, yes, oh, this might be a tuning fork. And mm-hmm, let me yeah. go ahead and, uh, yeah. Shut that down. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause he, he ends up, um, yeah, he, he comes up to it and, and yeah, we have the flashback of the tuning fork him playing with, uh, Jody earlier and he slowly, mm-hmm. slowly puts, you know, his hands on this thing and it just kind of, I, I love that we don't actually see it too. We see him go to do it, yeah. have a hesitation, then the movement happens again and then yeah. we know he does it, but we, we don't actually see it. it. What's awesome is that they, there's a little scene in there, a little cut scene of, uh, the lady in lavender who, uh, all of a sudden mm, goes, yeah. Like, yes. like, you know, has this realization that, you know, um, yes. we're not vibrating anymore. <laughs> well, you know, so, so interesting you bring that up. And again, I, 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 I talked about this before because this, this, this definitely feels as if Wes Craven, when he was doing some of these Elm streets that he borrowed some ideas from phantasm for sure, because it, there's, um, you know, in Elm Street three, uh, when um, there's a scene where they're uh, they, they take the remains of, of Freddie and they throw them in the hollow ground and and they're doing the you know um, uh, you know the, the 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 blessed you know like the holy water and stuff and, yeah. and they're doing all this and um, there's a scene where um, you know Freddie is he's somewhere else you know he's he's fighting the Dream Warriors but he 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 sees this and oh shit you know right. and so yeah and right. it, i'm not saying it's exact but it's reminiscent of what we're seeing with the lady in lavender Very much you know so. yeah. you know this is happening and 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 reggie is basically disturbed everything this is mm-hmm. yeah i mean chaos ensues Ch- yes chaos right. ensues yeah 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 sure. things are being sucked in you know sucked into this this other dimension uh you know reggie is able to get out of the room yeah. And I think uh, what, what I found uh, really cool about this scene was uh, it's just the very idea of what a tuning fork does, where it disturbs the air in between the two tines. And yeah. this just the same thing occurred just on a much larger scale. So what would something like that look like? Yeah. It looked like a windstorm. Yes. You know? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. 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 So where's now? Where's Jody and Mike at this point? Are they? they, they they're just, outside. They're both they're, outside. They're, they're outside. Like separate. Separate. Separately. Yep. Oh, they're, they, they're they, separated again. What a surprise. They eventually meet up. <laughs> Apparently they were just like 10 feet away from each other. Oh, okay. But right. because this was a low budget movie, their whole, <laughs> this whole scene is just them pointing a fan at them. And yeah, yeah. You know, well, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then we, don't we see, um, uh, Reggie gets out of the, he gets out of this, uh, out of the, uh, out of the, uh, mausoleum. He does. And he walks out. Yeah. And he sees the, the lady the, in lavender yeah. who's laying on the ground. Yeah. So he goes over there to help, you know, damsel yeah. in the stress thing. Yeah. And then gets his ass stabbed in the stomach. He gets stabbed. Yeah. yeah. He and, doesn't it, yeah. That. and in the meantime, we see, we see, uh, we see Jody and Mike and they see this and Mike wants to go help Reggie and, and Jody's like, no, he's, he's dead. But he kind of like dies for like a minute. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> right. could definitely, right. <laughs> we were joking about this earlier. It was not oh man. You know, I, I, it, it's, it, it, it appeared to me that this was like, okay, you know, Reggie, Reggie, uh, we're going to kill you off. So, you know, um, you know, good luck with that. And, and it, it just, it, it didn't come, it didn't convey properly to me. It was, it was pretty cheesy. It wasn't believable at all, but okay. Mm-hmm. You know, right. 
But yeah, you know, I'm yep. low budget horror movie. Okay, you know. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? So 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 Reggie's dead. Um, at this point, um, I uh, Mike and uh, Mike and Jody. Uh, don't they talk about a? They talk about they don't. Well, they go so, back. so they drive away yeah, in, they drive. in the Barracuda. Yeah, and then that's when uh, that's when the whole entire mausoleum gets beamed up. Beamed up. That was a little cheesy, huh? Uh, you know, as effects go, it, it could have been better. Yeah, but, it could have uh, been way better. I did like what they were trying to do. You know, um, there was a disruption in the in the gate in the doorway, interdimensional yeah. doorway, and apparently this whole mausoleum. Uh, was existing. I mean, I guess you're, yeah. you're meant to believe it's existing in our dimension, but all, but also it's very doctor who, but doctor who it's just like a box, but it looks differently to other people. Right. Except for this, it's like, this almost feels like a transport ship or something like that, that right. they're able to make into whatever they want. And this just happened to be a mausoleum. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah. 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 So they they um uh don't don't they head back uh did they head back they home? Do. Yeah, they head back home again, right? And to then hash out the plan. To hash out the other a plan. Shaft. Yeah, mine shaft. And I'm sure they're going to separate again cuz No, they don't they don't leave the car. <laughs> this was kind of cool cuz Jody is just kind of framed in black while they're talking about it and that's where he reminiscence about the 1000 foot deep mine shaft. Oh. And that's okay. the plan. They're going to get him in there at some point. And yeah, they do split up. It's just Jody preparing the mine shaft. Yeah. Right. And then I think Michael gets ambushed again by the tall man. He's uh, he's uh, back at the well, house. He actually doesn't. He see the. He's I, closing I, the windows in the yeah. living room, and he yeah. goes and opens the curtain, and the tall man is standing in the window, and yeah. then like punches punches through. Yeah. Yeah, I would be pissed at this kid too. <laughs> Yeah, um, he throw a wrench in his in his, yeah, his Scooby Doo plan. His his plan, man. And then he's got a good thing going, and the damn little bastard Michael's screwing it all up, man. You have a fun little scene in the house, and then he eventually yeah. leads him to the mine shaft. Yeah, it's, I don't whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're kind of like jumping through like space, and that that makes total sense in a dream. Yeah, you know the mine shaft could literally be next door because it's a dream, and that's fine. Um, and then he is able to get the tall man to go into yeah. the mine shaft. I think he falls. Yeah, I think he probably. What does he jump over it? And the tall over, man. Yeah, yeah. And the tall man falls in, and he's not quite. And then you know, and then <laughs> Jody with the assist. Like they're they're on the same wavelength somehow. It's crazy. Jody um, saw in a in like just a couple minutes prior, like this beam of light, mm-hmm. yeah. where he will yeah, eventually be that? to yeah. throw down the rocks. Like these giant these, boulders sorry, to block the mine shaft. These boulders are probably a thousand pounds. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah. What did he use to, did he, we just saw him up there. Just, I mean, so you, you would almost need a, I don't know, some sort of. A backhoe? Tr- yeah. yeah <laughs> to, to push a car, I don't know, to push it down. I mean, yeah. these things are enormous. Yeah. Again, if we subscribe to dream logic, I mean, Jody, it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it doesn't. just happened. It found a it way. Just found a way. It, yeah, it happens. It, yeah. But yeah, they were right on. I mean, it was it was like a perfect cue. You know, it's like he falls in, boom, here come the boulders. You know, we're and this we're, is how you wrap up a movie really fast, or this is just you know, this is what happens in a dream, right? You know, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, I think, at this point, and uh, the movie's done. We only need to talk about anything else. It's <laughs> sure. a really good movie. They deserve this triumph at the end. <laughs> And they're just going to live happily ever after. Jody yeah, yep. and Michael. They always, that's, they, yep. Through this trial, they have gained a newfound respect for each other. <laughs> Jody's not going to move away. They, they, there's comfort now. There's yep. trust. 
It's crust. Yeah, but we know we know better than that. Oh, so this, hor- is, this is where I stopped the movie, movie right? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. You didn't watch the rest of it. No, uh, yeah. no. So what happens? Jo- uh, Jody Mike gives said, one of those like eighties like fists in the air <laughs> triumph yeah, things. Yeah. Is this where like Michael yeah. immediately wakes up? Is that what it happens? Well, he, yeah, because we see him in bed, and then he, yeah, he. It, it almost looks like he falls asleep, but then wakes up or something. I don't. No, I think no? we're more meant to believe that because oh, the next okay. scene is him just in bed, and I think yeah. then it's just he wakes up, wakes up, and yeah. Yeah. And it turns out, I mean, now he's downstairs, you know, in the living room. I don't know. They're they're eating they're, s'mores or something. I don't they're, know. They got the fire in fr- going. In front of the fire, which was whatever. Okay. Uh, but yeah, talking with Reggie, uh-huh. you know, so we know Reggie's not dead. Yep. And Mike definitely um, looks older in this scene, but that's irrelevant, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, they're, they're talking. Um, Reggie tells him, yeah. that, look, man, it's a dream. It's you a know? dream, man. Like Jody is what died in the car that, crash. He, I think, it, yeah, he died like early. Yeah. And I inferred that to like he died in the same crash as the parents. See, what's fun, I don't know, though, because it's possible. Mm-hmm. But I thought he said he died a year earlier. And mm-hmm. we think that the, the parents had died two years earlier. But again, I guess. Yeah, because I think Jody dies in 78. And I remember, I remember Jody being like 24. I, that that part's not relevant, but Be- I think the movie yeah. takes place in '79. Because yeah. when, you know, it's when he goes to to to, to visit him at the um, the, you know, where, uh, at the cemetery, you know, where Jody is buried. It's it's not, we, we know it's completely different than let's just say where the parents were kept. So they never actually say how the parents died. I thought the see that's the I thought the parents was a damn car accident. I thought it was a car crash too, yeah. but I could just be mixing things up. Yeah, no, I mean, I and but I I do remember Reggie saying it was a year earlier, and I thought the parents were a couple years earlier. But again, it's okay. if this is all a you know, yeah, they're yeah. dead, they're dead, they're all dead. Turns and, out Reggie, uh, the ice cream man, is his guardian. Yeah, yeah, you know? which is sweet. Honestly, I like that idea. Yeah, I do too because I like Reg. Reggie's a very um, likable character. Yep, and and you actually like him more as the, as the sequels go on. I, I, I he's uh, actually really shows good. up. Oh yeah, in Reggie's the sequel. Oh, yes. yeah. Whoa. Oh, he's cool. On the sequel, uh, yeah. yeah, they have this whole. There's like a quad barrel shotgun that they yeah. like. He's pretty badass. Oh dude. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. very Army of Darkness. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. That's yes. piqued my interest. Yeah, it's pretty yes. cool. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I do like, uh, um, you know, Reggie's uh, a little road trip pitch. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'd Reggie just seems like that. a cool dude, and uh, yeah. you know, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay. So then we immediately go to uh, Michael going back to his room to prepare to prepare for the road trip. Man is in the mirror. The pops man. up, yeah. pops out. You know, Michael gets like taken through the, the the mirror um you know and of course a mirror can be a gateway to another world we see that a lot in yep. all types of media yeah so that's particularly relevant but yeah uh, michael is apparently dead he dies well and, and is this is this not is this not reminiscent of nightmare on elm street at the very end oh that is absolutely yeah, where absolutely. wes craven got that he, idea ha- he had to have mm-hmm. he had to have yeah. When in, in, in the end yeah. of Nightmare on Elm Street, where the mother's pulled through the door. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> so I mean, at the end there where uh, everything collapses and now we're left with questioning our senses. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The phantasm, the fantasia component of the phantasm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we had our phantasm moment in the living room when 
we just are told it's mm, now all a dream. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're at phantasm mode until he goes upstairs. And now we're back to Fantasia where we are trying to interpret what we're seeing. Does that mean this whole podcast has been the phantasm trying to come to a conclusion on and what the fuck this movie was about? What that podcast? is exactly <laughs> what, what podcast are you talking about? Donovan? <laughs> oh, right. Um, you guys aren't here. Um, what's funny is there I really is no spoon. <laughs> there is no spoon. <laughs> now yeah. there's like this philosophical idea called slopsism and excuse me if I'm not pronouncing that right, where the entire universe is really just filled up with copies of yourself. Um, or, or I'm getting this mixed up and slopsism is the idea that you're the only one that exists and every, everyone else just kind of doesn't or they're man. Oh yeah. I don't, I'm getting my shit mixed up. I'm very, very sorry. Um, but if, if I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Don is messing, messing along with this idea that like if this whole thing is a dream, then Michael's really just experiencing himself in different manifestations Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And he just can't really sort of come to grips with that. Whereas a tall man is the antagonist. That's the, that's the Michael that will just not let things die, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, as a whole, uh, I mean, we've all talked pretty positive about this thing, which, which is, which is good. Is this something that I mean you think you would uh, recommend to the listeners? It's a good movie. Um, this definitely falls in the but the ending uh, is just kind of whatever for me. I think the ending almost actively ruins the movie for me. The fact that we've talked about it and have discussed a few ideas kind of makes the ending better for me. Yeah. As opposed to Happy Birthday to Me, which is just <sighs> awful, 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 and actually actively ruins the movie. Yeah, it does. Um. I'll say I have a greater appreciation for this movie and its ending, Mm -hmm. having talked about specifically Phantasm and Fantasia and those two ideas, Um, and of just kind of spitballing or coming up with some wild theories to maybe make that ending make a little bit more sense, Mm -hmm. um, which makes it at the very least more fun for me. Um, But this movie is definitely worth watching, if only just to be uh, well-versed on yeah, horror movies because there's a lot of ideas that are being pulled from this movie. Absolutely, it's it's definitely it it definitely is different than than some of the stuff we've already talked about, and and the fact that it between that you know the the release of Halloween in '78 and then the, the say the height of the slasher in '81. I mean, there was a kind of the golden era of slasher. This definitely is not like those, um, which is is a good thing because there's a there, look. I love slasher movies. There's a there's a ton of them. Some of them good, some bad. Yeah. This is as a completely kind of fresh idea, you know, on the on the you know on the horror genre or the horror take. And and I, I would say absolutely go you know go go check this out and 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 definitely check it out after you listen to us because I think yeah. I think you'll have a, de- a a better appreciation for this movie and what Coscarelli was doing. Yeah, I would I would say uh, go into it. Uh, not viewing it through the same lens as a horror slasher. Because if you do, yeah, you will be yeah. disappointed. There's not a lot of death scenes. There's, you know, um, you go into this movie uh, uh, with the idea of, uh, you know, diving a little bit deeper into, uh, you know, the inner meanings. Which is good because I, I, I like movies where, look, I, I like movies where I can just not have to think, and I know there's going to be, some, you know, there's going to be some people getting killed and, 
you know, there's some definitely some cool killings and this and that, and I don't have to think much, yeah. but I also like when, when I can rewatch something like this and, and I can really, you know, we really sit down and analyze this and go, damn, this is a, you know, what Costco really did was, was pretty, was pretty ingenious. Right. I, I, I definitely, definitely ahead of his time. Oh, for sure. I don't know if he, you know, if he gets a recognition, um, you know, for doing this, but he should, Yeah. you know, so. I agree. Well, cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, definitely want to thank Darren for, for joining us. And, yeah, thanks you know, for having me, guys. Thank you, Darren. Oh, yeah. man, absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, I, I think we need to have him back and talk hereditary. Oh, uh, I would love to talk about oh, hereditary. I think, I think we need to. You, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. Well, cool. Well, um, Thanks again, and and uh, join us uh, here back uh, next week when uh, we're going to be talking about uh, 2003's A Tale of Two Sisters. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us at both Twitter and Instagram at Ear for Fear. You can also check out our website, earforfear.com. There you can purchase merch and stay up to date on current episodes as well as news and events. We hope you come back and get an earful. See you soon.